The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand up comedy? You want stand up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. That would be uh, quite an accomplishment if I could make you laugh. I didn't realize. No wonder we got things going on here. Okay. Yeah, sure. Blackity, blackity, blunkity, 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 bang, 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 boom. What's going on over there? What's going on everywhere? Good morning, people. It's Friday. All right. Uh, It is Friday, December 15th. Beware the Ides of December. Uh, I hope it's a beautiful day. Oh, 2023, by the way, in case you forgot what year it was. Uh, I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. It's uh, cold as fuck here. Yes, that's right. He's already said fuck. Cold as fuck here, and it's just going to keep getting colder and colder until somewhere around the beginning of February. Then it'll start to warm up like one degree every day. Uh, but I'm not a happy camper. I Winter. I hate winter. I hate it. Yesterday I was in a, a supermarket. And the robot was following me around. I don't know if if you've got this yet, where you shop for groceries and food and stuff. But Stop and Shop in Rocky Point, New York, they have this robot. Uh, I think the robot's purpose is to look for um, spills and stuff. Clean up in aisle seven, that kind of stuff. But for some reason, it seemed to be following me around. And this guy said to me, uh, do you ever feel like you're being watched? Because this guy got, like, plastic eyes on it. Like, do you ever feel like you're being watched? He said, not even when I'm live streaming my show in the morning. I don't feel like I'm being watched. <laughs> I think the numbers back that up. Anyway, we have a, a decent show for you today, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, Willie can't make it, actually. Willie's got no Wi-Fi, but he might be. He will be in the chat room. Uh, he's got a show he wants to talk about, uh, a toy driver, uh, toys for twats, uh, toys for tots. I'm sorry. Uh, let me see. Toys for twats was his, his, uh, pitch yesterday when he was talking about his mother's, uh, uh, dildo, Virgin Mary dildo or something. Uh, Windy City Bites wants to promote, 
the toy drive show at Windy City Bites. The admission is just a new toy in a, in a package. Uh, all donations will be given to JC's for their uh, Christmas giveaway. JC's. JC's. I don't know what that is. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? Anyway, uh, so he's got no Wi-Fi, so he might be in the chat room, I guess, on whatever uh, text messaging. What is that? That's not Wi-Fi. That's just cellular, I guess. Whatever. Uh, GD is here, and I'll bring him in in a moment, and he'll probably just say, oh, Jackie Martling, what am I doing on this show? Oh, by the way, Jackie, the heckle man Martling will be the guest. He probably won't be here till about 9.30, uh, but then he'll talk until about 2.30 or 3.30, my time. Oh, and I'll be on the road somewhere because I got to uh, finish doing a job that I started yesterday. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about uh, the heckling situation. I believe Jackie has a game he wants to play. Uh, a game, yes, I, you heard me correctly. He has a game he wants to play on this program. It's called Stump the Mind Dog. I don't know what it's really called. I am just, my lips are going, my mouth keeps moving, words are coming out, but there's no thought behind them. Uh, anyway, uh, GD's here. Let's uh, let's say good morning, <coughs> GD. Yeah, yeah, cough right away. Yeah, I got, good morning, Mind Dog Coffee. If there was a Santa Claus, he'd drink Mind Dog Coffee. Mind Dog Coffee. Well, I, I started, I was about to pull the plug on Mind Dog Coffee last night, and I said, you know what, maybe I'll go one more month. Uh, okay. That's what I said to myself. Now, I'm not sure I'm going one more month, but I said that when I was about to pull the plug. So, as of now, it's not out of business yet, but uh, it might be. I still might pull the plug. I might go back on that. What now? What what did you do yesterday? You yeah, had some funeral. Kind of funeral. Yeah, that was fun, right? It was. It really it was. was. What it do really you mean? It, what do you mean? It really was. No, it really was. It was well. I got first of all, I got to see friends that I haven't seen. Well, I only get to see when I go out of town or when someone dies. Yeah. So and so someone died, so that we could all meet up again. And the thing is, my friend's mom was 101 years old, so it's not like. Um, a sudden shock where someone goes, oh my God, they died so young. She had a full life. She was a wonderful person. So we had a lot of good things to say about her and everything. So, and then afterwards we all went out for lunch. Um, and that was, like I said, it was really, by the time I was, by the time it was over, I felt like we had gone to a comedy show and we had left for like two hours. Wow. Uh, I wanted to talk about the comedy shows that, um, uh, you know, Netflix is a joke. Are you are you familiar with the, this? What they're doing out there in California? Netflix is a joke. Second year of that. Mm -mm. Netflix. You've, you've heard of Netflix, right? <laughs> yeah, I used to get the DVDs in the mail. <laughs> the Red Box. Yeah. Um, I I don't even know about any of that stuff. I'm so out of out of loop. I think I've been on Netflix a few times. I'm I know I've been on Netflix a few times. I don't really pay attention to that crap. But last year they started a comedy festival in L.A., and this year they're having a second run out of it. And almost every uh, big name in comedy is performing between May 2nd and May 12th this year in Los Angeles, California. Different venues, the Forum, theaters, uh, comedy clubs, all. Uh, I can't even count how many people are performing comedy between May 2nd and May 12th in one little, one little city, one big city. L.A., 
But I can't imagine. I can't imagine there's a market for this much comedy. I mean. Well, how I, big are the venues? I mean, if they're some all of the like, venues are Hollywood Bowl, uh, oh, okay. the LA Forum, uh, <laughs> amphitheaters, uh, depending on who's playing there. But almost all of them are at least very big theaters. Okay. So you got to figure. Uh, now, literally hundreds of shows. Uh, every the board just looked insane. I can't even read all the names that are on this board. Um, everybody you ever heard of in comedy, and lots of people, and people you didn't hear of, <laughs> Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer and uh, John Mulvaney and Bill Burr, and uh, I mean everybody, everybody, hundreds and hundreds of comedians. I just can't believe there's enough people that are going to buy tickets to comedy shows. I, obviously, I'm wrong. Well, there but could it, be a lot of corporate tickets also being sold. Who well, no, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the comedy business to succeed to. to Tosh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Scott Ackerman. I don't even know him. Seth Rogen, uh, Matt Reif, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, Ali Wong. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Nate Bogatze, Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, all on one bill at the Hollywood Bowl on May 2nd. So that was a four guys who would probably sell out the Hollywood Bowl by themselves in one night, all four of them on a bill at one night. I mean, uh, that ticket will definitely sell. Those four guys will definitely sell out the Hollywood Bowl without a doubt. But for 10 days of this constant, nonstop, all day, all night fucking comedy, doesn't the city get burnt out on? I mean, because you, you you were talking about walking out of a funeral, feeling like you <laughs> you were at, or walking out of a lunch after a funeral, feeling like you went to a comedy show. That feeling of I can't laugh anymore. I need to I need to rest from laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was we were laughing so much that I was exhausted when I got home and. It's, I had stuff to do, and I had to take a, like a two-hour nap so yeah. I could do it. I know. When I went to see Stanhope in uh, New York City last time he was here, I was literally beat up. My face hurt so bad from smiling and laughing. I mean, I need to take a, like a four or five Tylenol just to get the pain out of my face. My sides were hurting from laughing. That's just one guy. I, yeah. You know, I know that's like, what, uh, 12 million people in, in L.A., but I just can't imagine all these shows uh, packing people in. I mean, it's, after the first day, after this is the first day, Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan, Nate Bogatze, Sebastian Maniscalco. That's the first night, and that's just at one of the venues. So I, I can't imagine walking out of there and thinking, I need more comedy tomorrow. <laughs> well, there's like I said, 12 million people. Um, let's assume that half of them are adults, <laughs> or a third of them are adults. So, what, four million but people? Comedy, stand up comedy, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but uh, it just seems like people I know don't, uh, and I've, I've talked about this before, people my age, especially, you're my age. Uh, then they're not exactly um, fans of the comedy club experience or, or even comedy theater experience. You know, they just every people I talk to, I'm funny. I'm I'm funnier than these comedians. Yeah, you know, I watch these comedians. It's not my thing. That's what everybody says to me, and and maybe that's just because they're old people. I guess young people. But like these guys, I could see them selling out, no doubt. But I can't imagine the next show 
or even a later night, later night, you know, show at a comedy club after that, you need a break. And there's only so many comedy fans. And if you have, I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of people shows like this with big names like that all on one bill. I I have a question. You just reminded me of something I forgot to ask. Uh Is your email working back yet? Remember you was having trouble with the email? Yeah, yeah. That's been back for a while. Oh, okay. Because there's a couple of people who I gave them your email address to reach out to you to be on the show. Uh, I haven't heard from anybody that. Yeah. Nobody, nobody has mentioned you. I have had one or two people. Uh, I think um, no, that guy. I think I found online somewhere. The guy who came, who's coming on next week is a comedy hypnotist from Canada. Right. Uh, no, I haven't heard it. Nobody has mentioned you. If they, if oh, they. Okay. No, I was just wondering because I hadn't heard any. If I could say this is great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm like okay, and then I don't hear anything. And I'd have thought if somebody. No, had reached out to you, you would have mentioned it or something, you know, or they would have something, but nothing. I was like, okay. Willie wants me to buy him a ticket to LA. Uh, sounds like a, something a press affiliate for Mind Dog TV should go to. Um, I'm not opposed to, to, to sending them there if they would do that. I don't think they, I don't think they are, this is something that they are uh, letting press coverage into to kind of cover the thing they might look you know if there's a red carpet they, i don't even think it's like a red carpet thing it's it just shows and they it's not yeah. like the press is allowed to go in and so whatever what would you cover uh jerry seinfeld just got out of his car <laughs> i don't know what's seinfeld who are you wearing yeah. Oh, yeah. He could, he could do the Joan Rivers thing. What are you wearing? Um, I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> or not. Uh, anyway. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just don't see. But I was. I'm wrong about because last year it was very successful. Obviously, they're doing it again. I don't think in New York. And New York is almost as big as LA as far as population. I don't think it was that much. I could see three days. Five days, but ten days of nonstop. Everything in the in the city is uh, about comedy. Everything, like every theater, every bar, every club, every every stadium. It's, it's insane. Like more. Comedy. Why those? Why those ten days? Is there something special about those ten days in LA? That's a good question. I think I mean, uh, there are other days of the year, and it's not like LA has like. Um, you know, know, May Sweep, it used to be May Sweeps for television ratings, but I think that will take away from people watching television, right? Right. I and think. I don't know. And, and, Netflix are, is Nef- and if Netflix is planning on putting those shows on, on Netflix, then they wouldn't be putting them on right away. So right, it wouldn't be sweep, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the point. Maybe Netflix is trying to destroy broadcast television this is my uh, i'm alex i'm alex jones now and uh, i got a small penis from the coke cans but i wanted to let you know that uh netflix has got this big uh conspiracy to uh destroy broadcast television by uh taking people out of their homes to watch comedy people better laugh ha 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 you come on and laugh ha ha and then when you laugh and then you don't go home you watch tv because you're too tired from laughing and then you don't watch tv during sweet week 
and then they all go out of business and Netflix will just sell you crap. Yeah, I have another question. That's oh, this is business show Alex related. Jones. <laughs> yeah, 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 Alex, I have a question for you. Since uh, yeah. Jackie, since Jackie's going to get on the on here and not give anybody a chance to talk, more likely, I have a critical joke theory. Should we do that before he gets on, or yeah, do it. We just see if there's a pause in him talking. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we do that? Uh, critical uh, Coke theory. Uh, critical, <laughs> critical bloke theory. Critical smoke theory critical uh stroke critical stroke theory uh after we'll do a commercial and then we'll do that so i'll do a commercial then you uh you, you should intro it like this week's uh critical joke theory touches on, maybe not i don't know let's just do a commercial so to get that out of the way okay uh, jackie won't be here for a while so uh wait, wait, what kind of commercial oh i know daily high club daily high club what do they have let me let me see really quickly what they got in store for today bongs and bubbles that was yesterday oh did you get your bong uh, <laughs> no you, did you get your bubble <laughs> well i have gas does that count uh well it does um so hollow blaze back box is back hollow blaze box is uh 29.99 it's a hundred dollar value it's uh el primo hollow blaze uh, specialty box. What's in the box? I don't know. You got to click on the banner to find out. Anyway, Billy uh, High Club, check it out. With humble East Coast beginnings in 2015, Daily High Club is the premier destination for glass water pipes, vaporizers, and consumption accessories. If you're looking to elevate your smoking game to the next level, you're in the right place. With over 1 million top quality smoking products sold and with a growing base of over 10,000 monthly subscribers worldwide, we deliver the ultimate smoking experience. But Daily High Club is not just another retailer. We're lovers of the smoking scene ourselves, working with giants like Tommy Chong, Snoop Dogg, Chanel West Coast, and more. Ready to join the Daily High Club? Let our experts curate your collection with our awesome El Primo monthly subscription box. Or grab one of our fun and unique pieces from our smoke shop. Get started today. Visit MindDogTV.com and click on the banner on the homepage. Evil Ian is bad mouthing our sponsors. It's terrible. I hate, I hate when people do that in the chat room. We 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 rely on that dollar thirty seven a month that they pay uh, to keep the show on the air. And then Evil Ian just kind of I don't need them to get high every day. You do need them to get high, even if you're not buying from them. Just say you need them to get high every day. Just to help support the cause. Or say you want them to get high. You don't need them, but you right. want. Yeah, you want. You, you desire uh yeah. potsdam pa is that near you or is that close enough uh, it's close enough jackie's got a show in january you should get on that bill tell jackie you want to open for him in january oh, okay I'll, I'll float that idea it'll be like a turd that won't flush he'll okay <laughs> but he's, he's ask, yeah yeah he's uh 
almost every comic he's been who's been on the show, he's he said, "Oh, we gotta do something." He wants to go out to Albuquerque uh, and work with Will, but unfortunately, Will's not in Albuquerque. That would be good to send Jackie out there to work with Will while he's not there. Um, so uh, I've just uh, sold Will's uh, January twentieth. He's sending me stuff like I don't know about his show. January 20th uh, with Rich Harkaway at Soul Joel's in Pottstown, PA. You're familiar with Soul Joel's? Mm, no. Well, no. Get familiar. It's, it's, got, it's a place to work. I've got comedy to do. I don't have time to get to know these comedy places. <laughs> so, all right. So you're just no. going to keep working the same joints? Ow. No. My, my legs asleep. Mm. Surgery, All right. right, you're gonna you're gonna do critical joke theory whenever you're ready. You just what are we? Work. No, whenever you're ready. But what's what are you gonna talk about? Can you give me some? Give me a little uh, heads up of what you're gonna talk I, about. I forgot that was last night. I wrote this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shit. God. All right, um, just, just do it. Yeah, okay. Hello, welcome to Critical Joke Theory with your host GD Fenderson, certified forensic humorist. Now with new joke technology. Hi, I'm Judy Finneson, certified forensic humorist at large, but I'm losing weight. Welcome to Critical Joke Theory, episode 34. Now with new joke technology. I like the old Ryan O'Neill, best known for Love Story, Paper Moon, Peyton Place, and for dating Farrah Fawcett, is dead at age 82. Most people thought he died at 78, 1978. That's when he starred in Oliver's Story, the sequel to Love Story. <laughs> okay. Love made me never happen to say you're sorry, but someone needs to apologize for Oliver's story. Wow, I forgot about that one. The White House is negotiating with the House and Senate over added border security in exchange for additional funds for Ukraine and Israel. The Republicans once stated that Biden wasn't taking border security seriously enough, that he wasn't willing to negotiate, and that he was too weak to be president. Now that Biden is negotiating with the Republicans, they're saying that Biden is caving and he is too weak to be president. <laughs> the Texas Supreme Court ruled against Kate Cox and her abortion case. Kate Cox is being forced to carry an unviable fetus to term because of Texas anti-abortion law. This law and subsequent decision is putting Kate Cox's health and life at risk. Kate Cox has to leave Texas to get the necessary medical treatment that she needs. Since Roe v. Wade was overturned, thousands of women all over the country are in the same predicament as Kate Cox. <sighs> women would be treated better and have more rights if they had Cox. <coughs> the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case over abortion pill access. The justices will hear oral arguments early next year with a ruling due by the end of June. Until the case is heard, there will be a stay on all pregnancies. University of Pennsylvania's President Liz McGill resigns after her responses to Representative Elise Stefanik's questions during a congressional hearing. University of Pennsylvania has named J. Larry Jamison as its interim president, stating that Representative Stefanik would never talk to a man like that. He doesn't look too Aryan either. The man accused of sending death threat to Vivek Ramaswamy is arrested in New Hampshire. Tal Anderson of Dover was jailed and the authorities seized firearms after tracking the threatening text to his phone and home address, officials said. Several of the other GOP presidential candidates were reached for a reaction. 
While none of them condoned wanting to kill Ramaswamy, they all understood why someone would want to. <laughs> Central Tennessee has been ravaged by as many as seven tornadoes, leaving six people dead and sending at least 60 people to the hospital. Tennessee's Republican-led government blames Hunter Biden for the recent atrocities. Hunter Biden faces nine counts of federal tax evasion. The charges allege that Hunter Biden failed to pay $1.4 million in taxes. Hunter Biden's lawyer insists that the tax fraud charges are a shock. He further stated that Hunter Biden is being hunted because his last name is Biden. If his last name wasn't Biden, he wouldn't have had that much money to begin with. The Mike Johnson-led House voted along party lines to hold an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Representative Joe Neguse charges Mike Johnson and the Republicans of playing partisan politics and says even the Republicans' own witnesses say that President Biden hasn't done anything wrong. Mike Johnson said, Neguse, please. The Supreme Court will hear Jack Smith's federal election interference case against Donald Trump. Donald Trump and his legal team have until December 20th to respond to the court. So far, the Trump's uh, defense has been witch hunt. I didn't do it. Okay, I know it looks bad, but it's worse than it looks. Okay, I did it, but I was president, and if a president does it, it's not illegal. Did I say witch hunt? I did. Clarence Thomas, my man, look at my African-American. <laughs> the jury is deliberating in the defamation lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, seen here trying to remember who he sent that last dick pic to, will not testify on his own behalf in this case. The time for him to be silent would have been before he began attacking Freeman and Moss. Giuliani could be penalized up to $43 million in damages for the lies he told against Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. For $43 million, you can call me with a hard R. Gingerman, please. I'm G.D. Fenderson, certified forensic humorist. I don't think you are. Now with New Joe Technology. Thank you for watching Critical Joke Theory. Be safe out there and don't feed the crazies. Critical Joke Theory with your host, G.D. Fenderson, Certified Forensic Humorist. Now with New Joke Technology. Why does it crash like that at the end? Oh, because uh, time plus tragedy equals comedy. Ah. Now, um... I'm confused about Alex Jones' comment about Katie Cox. Have you, you probably don't know what he said about her, right? He said, "If that if that baby doesn't die, you're a, you're all horrible people." <laughs> <coughs> Can did you he say it like that? that? Did he yeah. say it like that too? He did. Damn. Damn. If, if that baby doesn't die, you're all horrible people. <laughs> <coughs> Alex Jones makes me cough. What does that mean? I have no fucking idea, but it's funny. It's the most batshit crazy thing I ever heard. If that baby doesn't die, you're all horrible people. Like, I don't know. That sentence on its own in any place in the universe 
it's just so mind-bogglingly weird, batshit crazy. I think that's why it's funny to me because it's like it's it's like a, the, non, the non sequitur of non sequiturs. I, yeah, I think he, he's trying to say that. Um, God, why am I trying to uh, figure out what he really means by this? But that if if it's not truly an unviable baby, then you shouldn't be supporting her abortion. I think that's what he's trying to say. But who knows? But just those words, those words probably have never been uttered before he said that. <laughs> if that baby doesn't die. You're all horrible people. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe maybe he means I don't know. I don't know. Like <laughs> if you kill that baby and it doesn't die, you're all I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, that would be really then the, that I would run away. I would that baby Satan. By the way, Satan is trending on Twitter today. I don't want to be buried in a fetus cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, the other thing. Uh, you said they um, all those Republicans admit that Biden did nothing wrong. That's not. They just say they don't know what they're. Well, the they, witnesses, the witnesses oh, say he didn't do anything wrong. You know, all of their witnesses said Biden didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, they said to my knowledge, you know, they yeah they didn't. Yeah, the guy the guy said uh, uh, the hunt hunters uh, guy there said he. He doesn't know of, uh, not to my knowledge, and all that kind of stuff. But they didn't. Right. Uh, it, it's, a, it's like that fine line between not guilty and innocent. But what they what they're saying basically is, uh, we're just going to keep looking until we find something he did wrong. Right, right. <laughs> and we could do that with anybody. We could do that with yeah. Jackie. Uh, Jackie's here now. Um, I uh, by I just want to wait till Scott the engineer and and Stuttering John get here. To let him in. Uh, anyway, oh, you got a finger in your eye. Good morning, finger eye. <coughs> what? What's wrong? <laughs> Ocular syphilis. Now, uh, good morning, Jackie. How are you? That's, Jackie? that's a little better. Good morning. Good yeah. morning, Jackie. Uh, how are you two? Good. The interracial uh, Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Which one am I? Am, uh, am I Laurel or am I Hardy? Uh, no, you're the black one. I'm the black one. <laughs> All right. You know what? What I was, uh, and you're not invited on, but your buddy Bert is one of the big, uh, one of the big um, kahunas on of this thing. This Netflix comedy uh, festival. You, Netflix is a joke. You familiar with it? <clears throat> I, I have. Of course, heard of it, but I'm so out of the loop because I am not part of anything. So rather than keep looking at things that I have nothing to do with, I ignore everything. Well, I'm just wondering how, <laughs> how it's possible. It's twelve. It's ten days of uh, nonstop. Every comedian uh, in the world <laughs> in L.A. for ten days in, in amphitheaters, in theaters, in in comedy clubs everywhere for ten full days. Uh, I mentioned one of the shows has like Jim Gaffigan, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, um, Jerry Seinfeld, and Nate Bogatze all on one bill at the Hollywood Bowl, and that's the first night. And but it's it, every play, every venue in L.A. has got that man, like four top named comedians in it every single for ten days straight. I'm just where is the demand on the public part part for 
that much comedy. Ten days full of. <clears throat> well, that's they do that in New York too. There's the New York Comedy Festival, which not, ev- every not day ten goes. days, right? I I don't even know. I've ten never days. been invited to one of these things ever, so I don't pay attention. But yeah, like. <clears throat> You know, the clubs are already, as far as I know, the clubs and everybody having a hard enough time without completely overdoing it like that. But maybe it creates, maybe it creates uh, more of a market. I don't know. Somebody knows what they're doing, I'm sure, you know? Yeah, well, last year was the first year of Netflix, and it must have done well that they're doing it again this year. It just seems to me like the uh, consumer demand for that much comedy in one city. I could see if it was across several cities for 10 days. Again, a time period. I, I think there's 240 comedians or in all. If in, it wasn't going to work, they wouldn't do it. Right. It's got to be. They I'm, know that, you know, they, they shoot an arrow and then draw a target around it. Well, they I came up with my doing. Alex Jones. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's going to make me cough. My Alex Jones theory about uh, what this is about. Netflix trying, because May, as you know, is the sweeps week in broadcast television. That's where they depend on their ratings and all that stuff. So I'm thinking Netflix is trying to get as many people out of the house, not watching television to destroy uh, network television so that they could take over everything. I think network television is destroying itself fine by itself. I don't think it needs much help, right? (laughs) Right. You're you're right. I don't know. I don't watch, so I don't know. I just know once in a blue moon, I'll turn on or I'll record something to watch, and I am flabbergasted by the amount of commercials. You ever put on like 60 minutes or something like that, and you try and fast forward through the commercial, so you fast forward and then stop it? Oh, and fast forward and stop. <laughs> and you got to fast forward it like three times before you get – it's staggering the amount of commercials. It's I'm been like, a full 15 years since I've had television in my house. I don't have television. <clears throat> oh. That's yeah. why you're not. That's why you're not very well informed. Right? No, I'm totally uninformed. I get it. Uh, but I know more people than than GD does. Uh, more of pop culture, which is shocking because I am like totally out of the loop about everything. I don't even know hit movies and stuff. Uh, <clears throat> now, bef- all right. What are you? T- what are you getting? Uh oh. Hold on. Uh oh. <clears throat> See, Will is like Will is like ten minutes behind. He's just saying good morning, Jackie. He's in the chat room. He can't he can't join us because he's in South Dakota with no Wi Fi. Well, Willie was busy, I think, trashing critical joke theory for a while. So that's why he's behind he still oh, had he trash it. He's, he's, he's still, still laughing. Trash. No, I don't think he's laughing. He called it critical choke theory, uh punchlines are crashing. So <laughs> uh, what's he talking about? Uh, uh, well, uh, GD has a bit uh, on Fridays he calls critical joke theory, and uh, it's just basically about how, how his family mistreated him and how he's just a, <laughs> he's just a sorry individual. Uh, and Will like uh, Will apparently uh, giving him some shit about it in the chat room. Yeah, Will ma- Will maintains that I know nothing about comedy, so and he proves it. He because <clears throat> I just proved it with that with that routine. Well, wow. the truth is nobody knows anything about comedy, and it's just like nobody knows anything about the movies. If they did, everything would be a hit. Everything is a guess. Until everything you say is... something, and until you say something, it gets a laugh. Nobody has any idea. All right, no idea. What were you getting back there? You were getting something. 
<clears throat> yeah, I have. Uh, you were just saying that nobody knows anything, so I was going to play my game with you guys. Uh oh, play a game. Wait, wait, wait. Let's wait. fool. Let's fool around for a little first. First, uh, I am so thrilled because our documentary got yanked off of iTunes and it, it, all, all the places it was. <clears throat> Turns out the distributors. I don't know if they went broke or they're crooks or all the above, but supposedly they're declaring bankruptcy. And Ian told me about it. And I got a question for you. If a a film is available on for for on iTunes. Right. And you can either rent it or buy it. If I buy it and then that gets yanked off of iTunes or the like in my case, the distributor goes up, belly up. Do I still have that film if I bought it? Or is I it don't gone? think so. I think because you have to go to the site and, and download it from there. But when, oh, maybe, you, yeah, if you bought it, maybe you can download it. I mean, actually live on your computer. But it's I, way too I have big. to look it's back. It's way too big. It's way too big to, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought maybe you'd know. All right, so let me finish. So. So all of a sudden, I went to do that, and it was already gone. So we've been promoting this thing, and we were doing, you know, supposedly well. People were enjoying it and watching it. But as of yesterday, Ian got back, got it back up. It's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo, right? And it's for rent for three ninety nine. And it's an easy URL. It's Vimeo.com slash on demand slash joke man. There it so is. At least, at least it's an easy. URL. I don't know. You know, we might have completely missed the boat a thousand times. Who knows? It's in the description. It's scrolling across the bottom. It's in the chat room. It's everywhere. So you don't even have to bother typing that whole Vimeo.com in. It's just right there. Just click on it and it will take you there. Thank you. And also, you know, it's funny. I had a gig in LA, but then I thought I was going to have to get my, uh, my hip done. And I really didn't want to go out there. And we, we didn't have the rights to the film because the distributor had it. So I moved the, the L.A. date to April. But now we have rights. I can show the film anywhere I want, at any place I want. So now all of a sudden I'm back in L.A. So February 3rd at El Portal in Hollywood, I'm having a screening and a Q&A and a joke fest. And a, so I'm, you know... It's like good news and bad news. You know, I'm not going to make a nickel, but it's a good excuse to go to Los Angeles. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'll go with you. I'll be your press manager just to get some sun and, and get uh, out of the winter in February. I'll be you, I'll be you, your bodyguard. You, you got to get a tan on that top of your head there. I know that. I know that. <laughs> or or at least rent it out as a billboard. Something. Something. Uh, no, I am trying. I'm I'm trying to. Uh, uh, stay in the house until the sun comes out, or at least, or if I go to Florida or California or something. I just, what are you, a groundhog? I am cold. I'm an old, cold man. Old, cold. Hey, people I don't yell like... at me. They, I, they, people see me with a T-shirt under my shirt, with a jacket. I, 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 I don't care what anybody says. I refuse to be cold, and I refuse to be tired. But if you I go swimming down, in the winter. No, no, that ended a month ago, two months oh, ago. Oh, okay. Well, a month ago, it was still fucking cold in that water. Anyway. <laughs> no, it was <clears throat> At the end of October, it was still fine. Wow. Um, uh, Jackie, can I ask you about, the, are you going to talk about being heckled? Because you were emailing Matt about being heckled, and I just want to know the rest of the story. 
<clears throat> no. What now. happened was I was I was on stage in uh, West Palm Beach at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. It's a great venue, a lot of friends there, and it's uh, it's one of those venues that's very wide. <clears throat> it doesn't go back all that far, but it's wide, and it was originally set up as a as a betting parlor. So the the tables are a little bit separated, <clears throat> but it's a terrific sound system and terrific sight lines, and I really love it. And all of a sudden, the guy yells, when are you going to get some new material from way off on the left? Now, I'm thinking, all right, somebody came to see me last year, and they just heard a couple of jokes that were familiar, and just some guy being an idiot. So, you know, that never happens anymore, by the way. I, you know, it's, I mean, the days of the Baba Booies and all, that's all gone away. I don't know whether it's because people forgot me or whether they're just enjoying the show enough. <clears throat> but I never have to deal with that. And then uh, after after the guy said that, I said something to, you know, one of my, you know, you want to laugh, look down. One of those things, I got a big <laughs> laugh. And the guy said something, but I, I couldn't see, you know. And then he said something else. I looked over and I could see the guy was bald. <clears throat> but that's as much as I could see. I mean, I can't even see the people in front of me. I mean, even no glasses on or anything. So I don't know what's going on. And... Uh, I, for some, a little while later, the guy yells, you're not going to say hello to an old friend. And I'm thinking, all right, this is some guy I met down here and I sold him a book last year, or it's a friend from New York that, you know, but I can't see. <clears throat> and I said, I can't even, I can't even see you from here. I have no idea who I'm talking to. And then I insulted him again and went back to the crowd. Next thing I know, <clears throat> I look to my left. And this guy is walking up, about to take a step up onto the stage. And these three, two black guys and a white guy, the, the security, I don't know where they even came from. I didn't even know I had security. <laughs> they got this guy and they got a hold of him. And, they, and, and I look and I go, Jesus Christ. I said, it's fine. It's fine. It's Scott, the engineer. I know the guy. But I didn't know it till he was right up on me. And by then, it's you know, he came up. These guys are doing their job. He approached the stage. That's their job. To, you know, they can't ask questions, you know, and then, you know, they had to deal with it. And I said, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. So they just, you know, took him and let him back to his seat. And, wow. But it was like, it was, that has never happened to me ever. And somebody, meanwhile, it's an old friend that I know. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so weird. But it was totally harmless. I mean, nothing happened except the fact that he was stupid enough to approach the stage, you know. Wow. And nobody does that. Nobody. Right. You know, him and Will Smith, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and the only guy that um, stabbed it, stabbed it, um, who, who's the comedian that just got, when it got stabbed on the stage? Oh, hey, some, that, guy, uh, that guy deserved it. Okay, okay. Well, as long as he deserved it, let's who not got, even talk got, about who, it. Who got stabbed? You Dave Chappelle tried to get, uh, the guy tried to stab uh, Chappelle. Okay. But he had a gun knife, a knife gun. It was oh, half good. half knife, half gun. So there was, was no bow and arrow in there? But they <laughs> fucked him up. They ripped his arm out of the fucking, uh, dislocated his arm, beat the fuck out of him. His, his face had a big, you know, watermelon on it, whatever. God, you <laughs> almost think that would make the next person think twice before they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe Scott <laughs> so didn't anyway, know about it. <laughs> so that was, that, that was actually a non-issue, but I'm sure 
you know, it, it didn't even nobody knows me anymore. Nobody cares about me anymore. In the old days, that would have been like all over the place. Like it just seems like Scott. Uh, anybody who's been on the periphery of show business would know better than just to walk up on. To try of course. To and I don't think he even drinks. I, he's, I think he's got a new wife. And I think he's, let's go see Jackie. He's my old friend. And then all of a sudden, when I didn't know who he was, and what yeah. could I didn't know who he was? I couldn't recognize him. And his, for all I know, his wife said, yeah, you know him. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to show you I know him. I'm going to go up there and get tackled. You know? Now, I'm surprised that the it, it showed up in uh, Howard Stern subreddit the very next day. That's pretty uh, – so – uh, apparently, I don't, now I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, people talk about Stern all day long on on Reddit, and there's a Howard Stern show. There's lots of them, Howard Stern, Howard Stern show, uh, Stern show. Uh, but they're just subreddits where people just talk. This is the thing where I I kind of commented on this on Twitter. I don't get why fans are. I get it's like Beatlemania. It's like people can't move past that era. People are still fixated on the golden years of the whack pack and and uh, oh, 90, so they're not talking radio. about current. They're not talking about current. Sometimes it's current, but most of it it is about <laughs> like remember that bit that the uh, you know that was on the show or the caller. Uh, a lot of it last week was about that guy Ralph, who was certain friend who passed away. Um, but uh, it's it, it could be about, you know, stuff they heard Howard doing, like, you know, Vietnam bit with the helicopter stuff from <clears throat> 20 years ago or 30 you know, years ago. Uh, you know, it's so – I've always been in such a weird position. Like, <clears throat> after Hank died, the angry dwarf, who I liked, you know, I, I got along with him, you know, we talked before he got real drunk each day, uh, each time. And I liked him. He was funny. And – like, I don't know, it was a week or two weeks or a month. Pretty soon after I left, he died. And I couldn't go to the I wanted to go to the funeral, but I couldn't go because that would have been like making it all about me and, and showing my face in the stern world. Right. <clears throat> and now Ralph dies, who uh, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about him. And I don't, there's no reason I should. And um, not that I... I you know, I had, he was nothing to me. Like, me and him used to sit outside after the Channel 9 show and complain about Howard because the way we all got treated. And we'd bitch and moan and bitch and moan, and all of a sudden he became Howard's best friend. And I'm sure he told Howard everything I said and none of the things that he said. You know, so I was like, you know, the hell with him. <clears throat> but I'm getting, you know, tweets or whatever. What's the matter, Jackie? Not showing any love to Ralph? Why aren't you showing any love to Ralph? Meanwhile, if I put up one thing about Ralph, it'd be, look at Jackie trying to finagle his way back into the right, yeah. I'm, in, I'm <laughs> in that no man's land. You know, I you mean, can't I win. Pictures, I got pictures of me and Ralph. And, you know, geez, me and Nancy took him to Six Flags Adventure Water Park or whatever, like a billion years ago. He's like our son for the day. And, you know, we had some great, great times. But that was so, so long ago, you know. Right. And, uh, but nobody knows that. And, it, you know, it's just weird. You know, I had no idea the guy was sick, but. Yeah. And then no, all those people, and... everybody from 90s radio, it's like they're stuck in their glory days and they just want to keep. And, uh, you know, I know you're friends with some of you. You're still friends with 
Kumi and, and and people like that. But him and Opie, uh, Jim Norton, uh, the, that side of it, and then staring people and stuttering John and all those people, they're just, and they're fighting constantly about who was, who, you know, they all. I don't, they all, I'm not following. Who's fighting with who? Uh, Stuttering John's fighting with with Kumia and Opie. Opie, I don't want to hear anything about him. But what's uh, what like? Opie and Kumia still uh, go back and forth on Twitter almost all the time, giving each other shit. But that's I'm sure. I don't. I don't think it's friendly at all. I think they they really hate each other. It appears that way anyway. Uh, But all they they're just living in the night. Like move on. That period is over with. Do what you're doing now. We don't need to hear about you know hear about radio shows you did 30 years ago. It's crazy. Well, I think Opie and Anthony fighting is good because that means they'll eventually get back together. And they're, and they're both very nice guys. Uh, I mean, they're crazy. I mean, I, I don't agree with Anthony even a little bit. With I don't agree with anybody's politics, but I don't talk politics. You know, I go on Mark Simone and tell my jokes and everybody loves it. And the next day he's talking about how he French kissed Donald Trump the night before. That's got nothing to do with my relationship with him. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, but I, the world is too. You know, I'm too old. It's too old. I'm too old to start making new friends. So if I got somebody from 40 years ago, I'm staying friends with him. I don't care if he murders somebody. I'll go visit him in prison and bring him a cake with a file in it. I you know, I, I agree with you. And you know what? Uh, I have said this before. I have friends who are. Uh, a racist and I don't give up on them. I mean, if you give up on them, they're never going to change. They're going to die a racist. If, if you stay friends with them, you have a chance <coughs> to influence them a little bit. So, so is that why I'm still here? You trying oh. to, you trying to, you have hope for me. I, I said friends. Where did oh, you come in? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't give up on people. I, I it's really hard for, especially if, if I've known and been friends with them for a, a really long time. But, uh, uh, yeah, I know because people have asked me about you and uh, you just said, I don't want to talk about stuttering John. People want to know what's up with that. Why is Zach? I thought you guys were friends and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about it, but I'm just going to, I'm commenting <coughs> on I, that, that no, people, I, people are curious about that. I, but I have no, there's no curiosity. Just like, you know, all I hear about is how the only thing I ever hear about him is that he's saying horrible, horrible shit about me on the radio. And I know people want me to say, well, what do you say? And I don't want to know, and I don't care. <clears throat> I just do I just do not. I don't even want to talk about him this much. You know, I never I even, really yeah, I never heard him say any uh, about, bad about you. But they, I have heard all of them say bad shit about Howard. And I said this to one, because my friend Ralph, you, who you've met, he's been to your house. He, he said, uh, he was talking about, uh howard and what a dick howard was i said yeah that's one thing for you as a fan to say what a dick howard was but all these people who are bashing howard and i'm not i'm not a defender of howard stern but none of them would have a platform nobody would know who they are if not for howard stern opie would have never done anything if not for howard stern he when i got called up for howard stern wannabe he was a a a more uh, prominent Howard Stern want to be at the same time when he was on BAB and I was on the AM sister station <clears throat> WNYG. Uh, but the whole thing is, you know, that the thing is, you, you if you take a step back, all right, you know, there's Howard and then the people came after him, all Howard Stern wannabes, but <clears throat> you step back, Howard followed Imus, and you step back and Imus followed Joey, Re- I mean, 
Yeah. It's show business. And Robert W. Morgan was, was uh, right, right. I was it evolves. Guy. Things evolve. Things evolve and they keep changing. And whoever gets on with who. You know, I just got this new book and I can't wait to read. You know, I'm stuck. I'm so gay. I bought the Barbara Streisand book. And I've been <laughs> listening to it. And I'm not her biggest fan, but she's interesting. You know, she's a Brooklyn girl that came from Brooklyn with crazy parents, crazy parent, and she's lovable. You know, I, I enjoy listening to her, and, and I'm sitting in the car with her for 14 hours now, but it's 48 hours. And so far, she fucked Charlie Chaplin's son, Elliot Gould, Omar Sharif, uh, Prince, Those I mean, two uh, I knew about. Uh, Pierre Trudeau, and Marlon Brando. And I'm only one one third of the way in, and I'm locked into this. And it's interesting, of course. But she describes every dress she wore in every scene of every movie, and name drops every author or I mean every artist or sculptor you've you've never heard of. And but you just roll with it, you know, to to get the to listen to the gossip. But now I got this great new Cliff Nesteroff book, and I'm like, do I have to finish the Barbara book? <laughs> Do I have to sit through 20 more hours of Barbara before I get to listen to Cliff? And I think I just decided, you know what? I just listened to volume one of Barbara's autobiography, and now I'm going to move on and, and change gears. Because I'm dying. It's Cliff Nestroff is the guy that knows everything about comedy and everything about show business. And he has a new book called Outrageous. Right. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's so packed. It's, I, you saw his first book. I'm sure you read his first book. Yeah. Are you going to have him on stand-up memories? Do you, you have any connection to him? Or? <clears throat> no. You know, I actually had a question for him. And I don't know if I ever asked you, if I ever put you on this. But, you know, you ever get something in your craw that you're just curious about? Every day. Joey, yeah. You know who Joey Adams is, right? Yeah. Joey Adams was a comic that just, was horrible. And but he was a comic to every president, to like seven presidents, which does not make any sense. And uh, but he would he would describe himself, you know, there's Milton Berle and there's Danny Kay and there's Buddy Hackett and there's Joey Adams. It's like, what's wrong with this picture? Like, get out of that list, okay? So <laughs> so forever, you know, Cindy Adams is right. Yes. The gossip columnist. Right. So forever and ever. Cindy Adams, Joey Adams' second wife. Joey Adams' second wife. Joey Adams' second wife. And now there's the Google. And you go looking for Joey Adams. There is no Joey Adams' first wife. And now she doesn't even refer by that anymore. And it's completely ghosted. So a girl who's working as a receptionist, are you paying attention now, Paul? Yes, I'm, I'm looking at Joey Adams' uh, first wife, actually. Um I was looking, I'm looking that up as you were speaking. Yes, I'm paying attention. Well, you're not going to find anything, are you? No, no. Okay. I, found, I found a yeah, so woman. Listen, listen to the story. So <laughs> this girl's a receptionist for Ian, Ian Carr, that did my doc, our documentary, named Melissa Mayer. And she said her grandfather, now I can't remember exactly, either her grandfather or her grandfather's brother, I think it was her grandfather's brother was Louis B. Mayer. Okay, uh, I I'm I can't I can't get her to react respond to me so I can get my story straight. But she said her grandfather's brother was Louis B. Mayer. 
So her last name is Mayer. And he was married to Joey Adams' first wife. She said that Joey Adams' first wife was a child star. And I don't know, I didn't know this, but you know, like Rosemary from the Dick Van Dyke show, she yeah. was a child star when she was like seven years old. She was nationally famous for a couple of years. But it turns out there were a lot of them. There were a lot of little kid stars back in vaudeville. Who knew that? Buster Keaton, a lot of these people. So she was a child star for however many years. And then they get into that ugly area where they're 12, 13, whatever. And at the age of 19, she was a dancer. Now, I don't know if she was a stripper or a dancer in Ziegfeld, whatever she was. And, oh, thank you, sweetie. Oh, my girlfriend just brought me coffee. Mind dog coffee. Mind dog stick, coffee. Stick your face and say hello to the boys. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Look at my pretty girlfriend. Why are you still with him? I'm going. I'm not no, with <laughs> She can't hear she, you, asshole. She's, she's waiting for the will. <laughs> so, so, uh, so 19 years later, so she's a dancer, and Joey Adams, who must have been a young, fledgling comic, must have got a heart on and married this girl. And a year later, it was annulled. And then cut to how many years later, she marries Louis B. Mayer's brother. And that's, wow. I, but I can't find that anywhere. And it's just driving me crazy. And this girl is a nut. She will not answer my... She's on Facebook and everything, Melissa Mayer. Joey and Adams I, doesn't even come up. Uh, Joey Adams' music comes up. Joey Adams, the comedian. The, oh, oh, Joey Adams, IMDb, 1911 to 1999. I guess he died in 1999. We had nine, yeah. Uh well, you they didn't what? find his body till 2011. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, he, he was an ugly fuck, too, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm being unfair. He wrote, he wrote, you know, he had a column in the Post every day for 25 years. He right. Joey Adams jokes. And he just like me, just recycled jokes. But he just, you know. Right. But he wasn't good at it, you know. They were but, uh, New York, uh, very well known in New York. I don't know how well they were known elsewhere, you know, but to be named in like a list like those people that you named, like Buddy Hackett. When I was a kid, I, I saw Buddy Hackett in Las Vegas. Now imagine me being like eight, eight, nine years old at a Buddy Hackett show. And it was like an adults only. He was really dirty. It was really yeah, he's great. You know, I, I'm I'm pen pals with his son Sandy. You know, wow, good guy. You know, wow. He's he's. You should have him on. He'd be great. Yes, I, I got Shecky Green's number. Shecky Green's still alive. I got his number. I called him, uh, <laughs> and uh, did, I, did I give you his number? No, uh, some guy who did a I don't I don't can't even remember his name at the moment. Some guy did a film about uh, those that era of comedy and gave me his number. Uh, his, I guess, his nurse or whatever. <laughs> his the wife. Point. His wife. He's in. Palm, how long ago? It was about a year ago. Because he's in Palm Springs now. He used to be in. Uh, in no, he was in Palm Springs. And I got a phone call from my ex girlfriend who was married to Pat Cooper, Emily Connor, and she said, "Jack, I got your friend wants to talk to you." And I got on the phone and said, "Hello, hello, this is Rabbi Schmeckel. How you doing?" <laughs> I said, "Jesus Christ, Shecky, are you still kicking?" I said, yeah. "What are you doing, with Emily?" And he had moved. He's in Las Vegas now, and I and I told her, I said, "I want to come out <coughs> and interview him on on tape, you know, while it's before it's too late." She said, "No, nah, his wife is too weird." So I'm very curious. Who who did a tape on him? 
Um, it will come. It's one of Rich Walker and Chris Monty's friends. Uh, God, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, but I actually worked with them for like six months when I worked on uh, Walk, uh Monty Walker Productions for their for their little <laughs> show that they were doing. But um, oh God, it will come to me. But uh, he's 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 still sharp as a tack, man. He's fun to talk to. I yeah, I but they said on his birthday, and he called. That's why he was calling. Was where were you? You didn't call me on my birthday. I'm like Jesus Christ. My own mother wouldn't do this. Right. <laughs> You know. She she told me he couldn't do more than five to ten minutes, and I thought I was like, well, I, I would love to even have him for five to <clears throat> five or ten minutes, and then I never followed up on it. But yeah, uh, so apparently he's sharp for five to ten minutes. <laughs> well, and that, that, that makes total sense at the age of ninety-seven. You know, yeah. I'm about to burn out now too. It's been about I I can't years. go more than twenty seconds myself, uh, even with a with a fistful of Viagra. So uh, no, uh, no, no, no. It's playing with a wet noodle. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, now, GD, uh, do you know who these people are that we're talking about? <laughs> um, uh, Louis B. Mayer, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, is that B. is that like from MGM? That mayor? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was Leo, but Leo, I don't know. I just, yeah, B. Mayer, but I know that. Yeah, MGM guy. Leo's the lion, you Leo, Leo's the Oh, okay. All right. I got you. Okay. I do one of them. You know, there was a, there was a famous. There was a famous either writer or in named Leo D. Lyon. And he, he used to come on the Stern Show with, do you remember Mark Harris, that crazy nut? That was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martha yeah. Ray? Yeah. <laughs> Every wow. time he said Leo D. Lyon, me and Fred would go nuts laughing. We'd go nuts. All right. <clears throat> All right, so here's the game. You ready? Here's the game. We used we used to play this on uh, on Jackie's Joke Hunt. Okay. Okay. Who? <clears throat> uh, I don't know how we'll keep track, but there's only six of them. This is uh, show business and sex, true or false. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Yep. Uh, I guess. Matt and then G, just take turns saying your answers, and then we'll go yeah. back. D.D., you go first. Okay. Okay. Number one, one of the co-stars of the original Today Show was a chimpanzee. That's true. That's true, yes. True. Is both that your true. Final, yeah. final answer? Yeah. Okay. That's our final answer. Number two. Eight... Who looked, looked like one, but... Yeah. Now, see, I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going <laughs> to go there. I wasn't going to do the chimpanzee black joke. You know, come on. What? <laughs> it was actually a black midget. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> you can't say black. You can't say midget. You can't say dwarf. I'm surprised we could still say today. Wow. Number two, <clears throat> Adolf Hitler was one of quadruplets that his mother named Adolf, Rudolph, Get Off, and Stay Off. False. <laughs> False, but I'm on the fence. <laughs> on the fence, okay. Number three, there was a famous French vaudevillian farter in the late 1800s who performed under the name Le Petomaine. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say false. So, so far we're together up until three. He's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I got false on that one. Is it, is it, it doesn't say if he's white or black. I think he's Italian, Le Petomaine. 
don't know. There, there were no Italians then. Oh, okay. It's French. You're right. It's French. La <laughs> well, if it's a guy, it must be a woman. If it's La now, I thought if it was French, it'd be La Petophile. But that's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four. The sperm of even the worst actors think they have talent. <laughs> that's true. I think that's probably true. Okay. Number five. Shirley Temple stopped believing in Santa Claus when she was six when a department store Santa asked her for her autograph. Um, <laughs> true. I would say that's probably she, that's probably a story she told, so I'm gonna go with true. Okay. I don't think <clears> it's number true. Six, number six. You don't think it's true. I don't think it's Make true up that, that I think it's you just a story. I know, I just think it's a story that she told that the, the story, it's true that she told that story. That's what I'm going to go with. So true. So you think she made up a story about when having a traumatic incident? I think she was. was I think she probably stopped believing in Santa Claus when she was very savvy kid. She was a, a Hollywood kid. She she knew her way around the business. So I think the, she. Knew I heard everything. they said she got her period when she was four. <laughs> I don't. How would that would explain know. the tap dancing? Okay. Yeah, of course, you know, when Santa Claus was like, "Oh, that's a mess. Get off." <laughs> <laughs> what? What's the? What's the worst thing about uh, sitting on Santa Claus's lap? Uh, I didn't. Somebody <laughs> tell me this joke recently, and I can't what? even remember. When he stands up and you're still there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And finally, the penis of a full-grown bull elephant is really fucking impressive. <laughs> true. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Right, that's the end of our game. We got We we have to have a. a I actually have a. a uh, theme song but i didn't go looking for it that that's a really famous thing i think they either made or are going to make a film about lapetto man he, he was a he's really he not only existed he was famous he performed for the for royalty and yeah. he had different farts that he could do you got to look that up there's a, there's a whole book about it you, you'll get a kick out of it i swear to god i have a uh, i have the theme music here I have the theme music. Okay. <laughs> I'm smoking pot. I got my dick out. And I'm thinking about you. And I'm thinking about you. I'm <laughs> Come on, that's great. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Who did that animation? That's really good animation where it goes down and then up and that. John Man, John Mandato down in down in the, in Atlanta. He did three of my jokes. Did I ever send them to you? Uh uh. He did three. He did three jokes just like that. Wow. Oh, and, and they're great. They, they are so great. He's uh. He must have I a lot of hand, time on his hands. <laughs> no, no. As a matter of fact, he does them in between working on his regular stuff and. Uh, he said his wife's going to kill him. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're so simple. When we did my screening of my, uh, when we did a screening, okay, hold on. 
when we did a screening of my a documentary in um in new york city ron uh ronnie put the three cartoons as the opening so just like you go to the movies and there's a cartoon to start the the show you know i said oh, yeah. i just sent them to you i'm sure you yeah, can I open see. them very easily yeah and and they're and they're just so silly and so but they're so simple you know and he's just a guy that out of nowhere you know it happened to me before i do you remember the little atomic 3d cartoon that used to play on the stern show on on, uh, on channel two uh, the little no. stubby guy that told jokes nope oh it was so oh it was so funny and so it's so priceless and there were hundreds of these jokes with this little guy and the guy's a rich kid. His his family owned Kohl's, K O H L, like right. some kind of department store. So he has he has no hunger, you know. I'm like, come on, get out those get out those cartoons, man. You know, especially nowadays, people would kill for them. And now yeah. he can't he can't get at them, you know. Hmm. You never saw the little guy telling the jokes. Like, there's so much shit I never sent you, man. Really fun no. stuff, you know. I'm, I'm so trying to load load these up. Uh, I don't know if I can load them up, but I'll see if I can. Uh, I, I didn't mean to slow things up. I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. Why won't they load up? They they don't want to. That's weird. They're not seeing them as as movies. Oh, because they moves. I got to convert them or something. Yeah. Anyway, Jackie, if all the Jackie, you know a lot of you have a lot of you know friends. Is there any one of them that you do not want? The last one, the last friend that you have, did you want to give your eulogy at your funeral <laughs> what about it i said okay you just died who's the last person you could want yeah i'm just saying who's the last person of your friends that you'd want to do the eulogy at your funeral who do i want to close yeah the, no no i mean like the worst ones like no you cannot speak at my funeral who do you want who? oh i'm not oh. gonna be there i don't give a fuck I don't, talk about, I don't talk about dying God, you—it's like you. You want to talk about being black? You don't want to think about that shit. <laughs> he does. That's all he wants to talk about. Uh, we we had a, a a dying guy, a death and dying guy on last week, and uh, Will Will uh, did not like his book about death and dying and what he. What, the guy had a terrible, a horrible. What I think is a horrible theory about what happens when you die. He had. That you are paused in the last moment of your in, in the actual death. So if you're getting shot, you're just gonna be paused on that being <clears> shot <throat> for eternity and like in purgatory or something. Uh so it's you like know, a that, role that's very that's very uplifting. You know, God, I'd rather <laughs> be eaten by worms. You know? Well, yeah, the, well then you'd be eaten by worms forever. But it's like a roll of the dice. I was like, because I know a guy who died in his wife. He, he was in, uh, it, I think he was in the throes of orgasm when he died. He had a heart attack and died in his wife. Now, that would be a good way. That would be like a roll of the dice. He's a winner forever. But you so can't for the lose. rest of his life, he's going to have blue balls? That sounds like hell. <laughs> okay. You know, that's how Rockefeller died. You know that. Right, right. Yeah, with a really young guy. And when he was vice president, right? Yeah, he was a vice president, not governor at the time. Yeah. Whatever he was. But, yeah, it was like his housekeeper, Happy. Her name was right. No, no, Happy was his wife. And it didn't make her happy. You know, <laughs> that's that's so great. Actually, now, you know, I'm sure you know this in old England or old Europe. They actually had a 
they would tie a string to you and run right. it outside your co coffin with a bell attached. So if you weren't really dead, you could ring the bell. Which yeah. is, and that and that's not a myth. That's a real thing. Like they didn't bother know. embalming people, I guess, because I would think once that you pretty much can't. No, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. Once they drain your blood, you're pretty much, you know, you kind of checked out, you know. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what. Look at the look at the conversation you started. It's it's CD. He's he's a terrible influence on this program. I don't know why, because he he was supposed to get fired like months ago, but he's still here. I don't know. It's always diversity hire. Oh yes, that's right. I need that's right. That's now. Thank you for reminding me. I need him here in case when people call me a racist, I can say no. I have a black friend, and I can make believe I'm actually friends with him. Now, who else did that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Trump. Howard. I wasn't gonna say that. I was trying to like not say that. I don't know. He loves Robin, right? He totally. Jesus Christ! He does. Well, because of the Artie story about when when our Robin was really sick with cancer and Artie showed up at a hospital room, that made me think that that was a true affection for her. I don't know. What do I know? I wasn't there. Um, recently, you posted a, a picture with you with Rob Bartlett. I didn't know. Are oh, you friends with Bartlett? Forever. Really? Even even during that period, like oh, at the NBC, uh, you were at NBC when he was at NBC, right? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we we didn't in a while. I don't think, no, I don't think he was with Imus yet. Really? I thought he was, because that's when I thought. You know, I, and if he was, I didn't know. No, we left, we. Howard left NBC at, in. Um, like 88? No, he left NBC like uh, in fall of 85. Wow, was that early? And then got hired by K Rock. Yeah, then, so Bartlett uh, wasn't got, there till like '86. Right, and I got brought back on in '86, and then in in I think February in, in I think in February. No, I started in February of '83. I think in uh, <clears throat> he was on K Rock fall of he was off NBC, and it was like a month or two before he got hired on K Rock. And then they brought me to K-Rock, I think, in January of 86. And then we went to mornings, I think, I think in May or no, or maybe whatever it was. We went to mornings, like, say, in, in February. And a couple, I was there two days a week. And within a couple months, I was there five days a week. Wow. So, See, my memory so, is fogged. I thought, I thought, uh, I know Bartlett because I've had uh, I, I've been a big Rob Bartlett fan since I first heard him do the Black Beatles thing, uh, but I, I thought he uh, he was at um, NBC when, when Howard was there, and I'm surprised Howard <clears throat> left that early. I mean, um, in my memory, Howard went to K Rock in the '90s or close to the '90s later in the no, 80s. no, '86, '86. Wow. See, I'm, memory is a, a funny thing. I was, I was sure, uh, but Bartlett's brand of humor. I first of all, he's ex one of the most talented people uh, I've ever seen, as far as being diversified and, and musically talented, impressionist, so story can play characters, all this kind of stuff. 
really, really, uh, really talented guy. <laughs> he can he can do anything. Yeah, we had him on the, on the podcast. We we had him and Nelson on the same day, not the same show. Oh yeah, had- Bob Nelson's on that picture in that picture, right? How is Bob Nelson doing? Is he is he healthy he's do- now? He's doing great. He's doing shows. You know, I did a show at Uncle Vinny's a couple months ago on a Saturday, and Nelson was there on a Friday. I said, "How's wow. that go?" He said, "It goes really well." He says, "I can't be too far from a bathroom." But All right, I'm gonna, I'm that, gonna be, you know. I'm gonna be Scott the engineer here. Is Nelson still doing the fucking football stuff? <laughs> Is he still doing the same material? He, I, I don't know, but I'm sure he has no choice. It's wow. like dice. Dice will, dice will get, uh, you know, torn feathered if he doesn't do his his poems. You can't win. You know, it's right. like Jimmy Walker with dynamite, and you know. You know, you, you, it's like, it's like bands, you know, the people want to hear the hits that you don't, you don't have a choice. Wow. You know, Jefferson Airplane went nuts because all they wanted to hear was somebody to love. That's, that's what people knew them by. And White Rabbit. Yeah. White Rabbit was their other people. You know, but you can't, you know, you can't bite the hand that feeds you, you know, and then you don't. But Nelson told the story of where, where uh, Jiffy Jeff came from, which was great. You know, his, when he was dating his wife, but uh, they weren't they weren't really a, a, a an actual thing yet. They were friends, and they had been friends forever. And she came on a date, and she was sitting right in front of him with a punch drunk fighter. And Nelson started making fun of him, and then the guy came up and told him how much he enjoyed it, and the and that that became Jiffy Jeff. It was based wow. on an actual guy that was in his audience. I thought it was fascinating, you know. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty, pretty funny. Now, uh, m- people from my hometown on Long Island, Copeg, I, ha- I even hate saying that, because uh, I like to say I'm from Lindenhurst, but really, Marconiville, Copeg, uh, they all t- claim Bob Nelson was, was like from our town. He was a, a Copeg guy i don't think that's true though i don't i don't think that's where he's from i think he might have lived there for a, a short period but it's one of those like marvin hamlish lived around the block from me for a, about a year and like <laughs> everybody wants to claim he's he's a native lindenhurst guy the first <laughs> long island music hall of fame i co-hosted the, the induction ceremony with bob uh, with bob buckman and the pe- they inducted, I mean, if somebody flew over Long Island in a helicopter, <laughs> they qualify. I mean, they inducted everybody <clears throat> because actually Queens and Brooklyn, they are part of Long Island. Right. You know, people people say they're New York City and they are, but it's kind of a fine line because they're it's on Long Island. There's no denying right. that Queens and Brooklyn are on Long Island. Right, but you know, all of a sudden we got George Gershwin and we got Little Anthony and the Imperials and all, they, you know. Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong is in the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. He's a New Orleans guy. He might have lived in Queens for for a period while he was. No, the- no, he he actually he there's a whole thing. They still they preserved his childhood home. You know, uh, there's this very famous guy, Oscar Cohen. Right. My friend Toby was very, very good friends with who owns or he passed away a couple of years ago, but his company owns the Louis Armstrong. Uh, what's it called? Not the catalog, the, the, the rights to his life, the whole the whole deal. Wow. You know, the, whole, the whole Louis Armstrong thing. And they've been trying to get the movie made forever. At one point, it was going to be Cuba Gooden Jr., but it still hasn't happened. But they preserved his childhood home somewhere. You know, wow. he's he's just a 
you know, that, that there's a thing on jazz that was done by, uh, what's his face, by Ken Burns. And it is so good because all the Ken Burns documentaries are all trips through history. You know, right. whether it's jazz or baseball or civil, whatever it is, you're just following the history of the United States. And it's all so fascinating. I couldn't and, believe that Ken Burns was getting his uh, new asshole ripped online two months ago over baseball, which baseball, the baseball thing came out in 1990, 1991 or something like that. It's like 30 him, years old now. And people are going for, pick, for picking a, a little facts that he might have gotten wrong. I mean, it was like minutia stuff. But oh, these baseball people. people fuck, I, fuck people. Just fuck people. <laughs> Just I know. Sein, like Seinfeld said, they're the worst, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know I got, all right, the hell with Louis Armstrong. I got one for you. <clears throat> Why <laughs> haven't they made a documentary or one of those, you know, life story films about Mae West? Oh, that's a good question. She is yeah. so interesting. If you read about her, <clears throat> she's about four foot ten. She came from nothing. The other night I was watching uh, She Done Him Wrong, her first film. She wrote it. She got it financed, she got it made, she starred in it, and it was Cary Grant's first film. <clears throat> and it's not a good film, but, it, but it's a movie. And she got it done. And she's this little woman, and she sent half of her money home for her entire life. You know, she came from some little house, I think in Brooklyn or Queens. I mean, she's an amazing, amazing person. And I just think that, Plus the era with W.C. Fields and Carrie Yeah, Grimm. that's what I was going to mention. W.C., you know, it's because we had the guy, uh, Steve Stolier, on. We talked about his book about Groucho. Groucho is immortalized, and, and, and well, there are people even from young young people today who uh, appreciate Groucho and, and the Marx Brothers and all that stuff. W.C. Fields, I think, gets lost in... In the, in the source of history, I mean, they because he was great, and I loved his stuff when I was a kid. I think he, in a, in a lot of ways, I laughed harder at his movies than I did at the Marx Brothers stuff, just because he was just he reminded me of my grandfather a little bit, just a nasty old drunk. My kid, do, do you think it's because they were considered like one trick ponies? Because Mae West was always the vamp, W.C. Fields was always the drunk, right? And Maybe. so people didn't appreciate. He's a one trick pony. <laughs> yeah, but, but but that's true. But Groucho was surrounded by his brothers, so there was like a little range. It kind of it kind of like got diverse. I'm saying there's appearance of diversification. There's I'm a just, difference, but yeah, yeah. I there, I, in other words, I don't think that Mae West and W. C. Fields, even though they were considered one trick ponies, or that they were appreciated for what they did, they did what they did very well. Right. Yeah. But I but I just think the whole storyline is so fascinating. Yeah. You know. And, and Mae West did it at a time when women were, you know, to be a uh, executive producer or a producer of stuff. Yeah. It wasn't. It was unheard. It of. was on un, twenty years later. It was unheard of. Right. You know. You know. Yeah. Like Barbara Lucy Streisand too. Was a, Barbara Streisand was like one of the first major directors. Right. When was United first Artists female? founded? Because wasn't one of the wasn't one of the founding members of United Artists a woman? I can't remember her name because it's like her. Um, uh, yeah, but she was just part of the game. It was uh, Chaplin and uh, Fairfax. No, the the stunt guy. His face's wife. It might. It might have been what's his face's wife. Uh, Randolph Hearst's wife. What was her name? 
I can't remember because yeah, there's also there was the guy that did his own stunts, uh, the swashbuckling the bust the guy. Bust the, oh, oh, you mean uh, Rudolph Valentino or, or uh, uh, no? Uh, Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. I Errol thought he Flynn. was one of them. I can't remember now. Yeah, he well, he's an interesting guy. Now that my favorite year movie is kind of. Uh, I don't know. You remember that movie? It's about when Errol Flynn was on Show of Shows. He was, uh, he was, his career was pretty much over, and he was a drunk. And Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner are portrayed in that film uh, as kind of trying to hold his hand and, and try to uh, keep him together for a week while he was filming Sid Caesar's Show of Shows. I Great love, fiction. I love that. I'm telling you, that movie was the Howard Stern Channel Nine show. You know, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of pompous to compare it, but it really was that point of view of that writer. Right. You know, that, that was me and Fred. That was, you know, the craziness that you just watched. The whole thing where where uh, uh, the Sid Caesar character, the, the one of the writers wouldn't talk to Sid Caesar. So he tells somebody else. And that was that was Fred and Howard. That was if, if Fred had something to ask Howard, he would ask me. He wouldn't talk to it was. The, the amount of parallels was just just wonderful. The guy who wouldn't talk to Sid, Sid Caesar was Mel Brooks, and the guy he was talking to was Carl Reiner. Yeah, oh, right, right, okay, right, right. Uh, I'm trying to get. I've been trying to get Rob Reiner on the program for like three weeks. I I got through to his agent. He said I'm gonna because uh, well, he's got this thing about JFK. Uh, he's doing a right. podcast, and he claims to name. And, and- has that fantastic Albert Brooks documentary. Right, yes. yeah. yeah. Well, I reached out to Albert like a hundred times, but his assistant said, uh, last year she said, when he has an, uh, something else to, to promote, uh, we will definitely get him to give you a few minutes. I'm like, I- I'm going to get a few minutes with Albert Brooks. So when the, <laughs> when Rob Reiner uh, announced that the documentary was coming out, I remember me? And I still haven't heard back from her. Like, you prom- they, I think a lot of these people... They say it thinking that I'll forget or or their their client will die. Imagine, imagine how many people are calling him. You know, just imagine. I mean, I, that guy couldn't be more tuned in to the world. You know, he doesn't need to do an Albert Brooks documentary. He doesn't need to do JFK. He just he just loves it all. You know, did you see Archie yet? No. It's about, uh, so, uh, what is it, All Carrie, the Family? Carol Connor. Oh, no, the, Archie! When you say Archie, I thought Ar, 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 you know Archie Bunker. No, no it's, it's about Ar, Archie, Archie Leach. Archibald Leach. Yeah. Yeah, it's a story of, uh, you know, you got to sign up for the BBT or whatever it is, but uh, you can watch for a week, and then if you're smart enough to remember to cancel, you can cancel. But you uh, know, did that's go over the cross-dressing stuff in that. Uh, I don't know if it got. Well, I'm only halfway through the this four. There's four of them, and I'm halfway through with halfway through the third one. But you know that 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 book that the guy wrote called Full Service had uh, Cary Grant and Randolph Scott as you know full blown lo- not to make a bad joke full blown lovers and everything. <laughs> and you, you can't believe how this guy's mother destroyed his life and his. Pa- it's yeah. such a sad. You know, you can't believe it's Cary Grant. You know, it's it's. And it's all I've true, the whole with the acid and everything like that. Yeah, I've always been fascinated about because I remember hearing those stories about him getting pulled over uh, wearing women's lingerie when, when I was a kid, and I, 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 you know, I thought that shit's all made up. 
but uh, the more I heard about it. I haven't haven't heard that. I haven't seen that in it yet, but (laughs) it could be coming up, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's hard hard to imagine Hollywood not, I don't know, maybe I'm just being stupid here, because just scandals like that would definitely ruin careers in the day, but not not all of it made it to the press. A lot of people had... But but uh, no, but there wasn't any press. There was no internet, and there hardly were the tabloids. Hey, JFK was screwing girls in the White House pool, and they let him slide. And that was 1962. Yeah, yeah there was a press, but it wasn't it wasn't independent. They had a they had they were like embedded, you know. Yeah, they weren't out to screw everybody because then they wouldn't, but you know, they wouldn't have knows? access. Yeah, who knows? You know. Yeah, uh, it's it's just interesting to me because he was, uh, you know, the lady. There were jokes about when I was a kid about Rock Hudson and Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, a, a dick joke, back back in the day. But I think people thought of Rock Hudson as this like. My Rock Hudson had the biggest jo- a dick in this joke, and I don't remember the joke. But this is I <clears throat> impression of Rock Hudson as as the big stud, uh, macho man, and it turns out he was he was gay. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but when I first started fooling around as a comedian and first started getting into what you even dared to call show business, where you'd actually hear stories and like oh that's my business and you know of course it wasn't you know you did two jokes at the rainy night house but i remember dave hawthorne who was one of the guys i started with he had been around he was in a three-man group in 1970 71 with billy crystal and another guy and they were doing pretty well uh but they didn't do as good as they should have been because there was another improv group called uh the ace trucking company who got all oh, yeah. the gigs so they never got gigs and then billy crystals a guy told billy crystal you could be really big but you got to lose the other two guys but dave you know they did really well for a couple of years like touring colleges and stuff like that and you know because of course the ace trucking company couldn't cover them all you know and they got invited to do a party in hawaii for uh raymond burr and Raymond Dave, Burr was Dave another one. said he could not believe it. All of a sudden, Raymond Burr came walking out with a, a flowery Hawaiian shirt tied up underneath like, like a woman would tie her blouse up. And he flipped, hello, hello, everybody. And fourth one said he almost crapped his pants. He couldn't believe Raymond, who, that, if somebody said name 10 people that you are so sure is not gay, he would be number one. Yeah. You know? Well, the, the, I would have been more shocked that he came out walking. <laughs> how, can we, how can we recycle the same show? Put him in a wheelchair. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, so you're talking about your your start in show business now. A couple of weeks ago, you I uh, asked you about the guitar you were playing at that Fender Strat. Then you came back. I said you still got it, and you showed me a picture or your posted a picture of the 63 strat it's 63 strat you bought off the wall you still have that it's 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 right behind me wow it looked in the picture like it didn't have a scratch or anything on it like no 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 it was completely beat up and a guy in college took the sunburst down to nothing and then refinished it in whatever brown it is you know if it was beat up but it was still sunburst, it'd be worth so much more than it is. Now, am I in your will? 
Of course I want that guitar. I, I heard that they went through the roof again. They were expensive. They were like very, they were, they, they were worth a lot of money and then they weren't. But people tell me they're really valuable. I was again. speculating on what that guitar, based on the picture that you posted, and I was saying $30,000, maybe more. Stop it. I, yeah, and I, you know what? I was thinking I was being conservative. I was thinking probably. No, I, I think you're out of your fucking mind. I, I hope you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I haven't. Obviously, you, you'd have to have it appraised by like one of those guys who you, they actually put it through a colonoscopy and everything else. But um, yeah, I think I think. You know, I, I wrote down. I took a picture of it. Oh God. I have a what? picture of the. Uh... This dead air is brought to you by Fender Stratocaster. Get your Fender Stratocaster now. It's Sam no, Ash. You I, can I, just go get I, one off the shelf. And, and... Oh, I Matt, for the record, I won the game. Just for the record, oh, Matt, I not that we're keeping score, but I won the game. Oh, did you uh, fact check all of those? No, we only did. We only had one answer set different. Right, but and I was but, right on that, and you were wrong. Okay, what was the one about the farting guy? Lepetomane. No, I wow. took a picture on the back of the Strat because of the, the, the numbers there. But I thought I loaded into my – oh, I'm sorry. God damn it. Wow. I, I could just grab the thing because there's a – hold on. It's right here. Okay, so this time we yeah. don't have to be quiet while he's gone. Because last time we actually shut up while he was gone. So we don't have to do that. We can keep did, did we do that? Yeah, I wouldn't. I I hate that air. Go ahead. Yeah, talk. we did. No, tell, no. tell me something. I don't now. What was the, what was the question? Because I know it was, why. About, it was about what another true or false question about a guy named Lepetamine and whatnot. He was he was an entertainer and he uh basically his act was he farted like either on demand or farted songs or something like that right. and entertained royalty. And you didn't think it was true, but I actually, you know, that's one of the two things I remember. That stinks. <laughs> this this uh, thing's responsible for a lot of pussy. Wow. Earbuds. <laughs> um, ah! So you, that's you, what you, I was going to say. Yeah, now, uh, when when you bought that guitar, you know, you bought it off the shelf in Sam S. At that time... I don't think there were a lot of, you know, there weren't all these musical chain stores that are around now. And certainly, obviously, there weren't any internet stuff. So, uh, I mean, places you could buy Fender Strats off the shelf were, were not that plentiful. In, I don't, in, I think, uh, aside from Manny's um, in the city, Manny's, aside right. from, you know, Manny's and Jimmy's, they're only... I'm going to write this down so I don't... 48th Street in Manhattan used to be the place. Yeah. Yes. I bought my first recording studio equipment at Manny's. I would went, I was buying stuff at Sam Ash. I went in for a, a specific deal. And I remember uh, it was the guy wouldn't... Ha I was spending like... And this is a long time ago, like mid-70s. I was spending probably $30,000 cash and the guy was haggling with me over like $25 and I said, fuck it, I'm going oh, that, next door. That was their <laughs> job. You know, the uh, I bought it right off the shelf and I went in there and uh, I went in, my father took me all the way to Hempstead. That's the only, Sam Ash was in Hempstead. Right. And 
I went in there and I said, I earned money working as a busboy for a while. And I went in and said, I got my money for the down payment. Oh, baby. And the guy laughed his ass off. He said, down payment? No, it's, it's cash right here. I said, what? So my father had to take me home and I had to go back to work for a couple months to come up with the, it was $239 for the guitar with the case. Damn. That's a, oh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. And it was still there for like two months while you got saved up the money. And the pickups yeah, I, aren't I, even I yellowed or anything. One. I don't, it's uh, <clears throat> write this down. The serial number on the back steel plate is 92076. Wow. They, you know, there's like three more digits on that. On the, the yeah, one. no, I, you know, and, uh, you know, the frets are still in good shape. It's got the original uh, tuning pegs. <clears throat> of course, the, the whammy bar is long since gone, but it still has the, you know, the, the pickup. And this is before the pickup had five stops. It's only three stops, you know, but the original volume knobs, tone knobs, you know, everything, you know, the, the back, you know, is, is gone. But uh, mm. I'd love, I'd love to know what it's worth. Cause I need a new mattress. And I, I think that'd be so fun to sell my guitar to get a new mattress. I think that's just funny. No, it's not. That would be a sin. Well, uh, Matt, why don't you give him the mattress? And Jackie, you can give him the guitar. I, now yeah, I, okay. I, you tell me what mattress you want, and we'll we'll, we'll work that out. I'm just looking. Uh, it's, uh, I'll look it up later. Well, yeah, well, see, well, I tried to look, and I got confused, you know, because, the, you know, there's, you know, there's all kind of websites. We'll buy your guitar. Right. Oh, we'll buy your guitar. Sight unseen. What's the serial number? What's the blah, 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 blah. Did you ever read that book called uh, We Like It Loud or something like that? The story of Leo Fender versus Les Paul and right. the battle. Oh, it's a great book. Great book. But Leo wasn't a player, right? Leo was just a No, he a, wasn't a player. He was a businessman and, you know. And uh, to be fair, Mary Mary uh, Ford? <coughs> Mary, yeah, Mary Ford. Uh, she was a, she was as good a player as Les. Uh, people don't you know give her any credit in that stuff. But he was building guitars and she was playing them. And and basically the the uh, person who really helped sell the Gibson Gibson on the Les Paul uh, model. So good for her. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I'm I fascinated. I never by. heard that. Don't you disparage my friend Les Paul? I'm not disparaging him. He was a great player. But she, uh, the fact that first of all, there weren't a lot of lady. Uh, electric guitar players at all in the world no, at that time. No, and she was also black, and nobody knows that. What? Nobody knows that Mary Ford was black. They kept that hidden. I've seen pictures of her. She was whiter than you. Oh, maybe I made that up. <laughs> you did. I think well, my, did. my my mother was black, and she was whiter than him. You can be Say? black and be uh, you can be black and pass for white. No, that's true. I, there were lots of rumors that Babe Ruth was was a black guy too. Uh, my, yeah, my mom passed my, my mom passed to white every time she had to use a restroom, and she was near a white restroom. Wow. Jeez, me wow. too. Yeah, me too. I I usually pass for white in most cases, but not in all cases. All right, uh, how with being white or black? Do you really think this guitar is worth something? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm going to look it up after we're done today. Uh, well, actually, I have to go do sets, uh, a studio setup back in Riverhead uh, today, uh, right after we're done. But when tonight, am I going to get to see your band? 
Band, you come. Oh well, I was going to say New Year's Eve. You could come out, but it's actually sold out, and there's actually no room, not even a place I could sit you. If you want to get, which I'm really proud of, because it's um, New Year's Eve. We sold out on December second of this year, and it's a really high ticket price for to see us. Uh, so it's something I'm. Uh, Matt, know, if he was like really your friend, you'd make him an honorary member of the band so that he could be there. Yeah, and, bring that strat, and you can sit in with us. How about yeah. that? That's good. So, how much are you charging? Well, this uh, this uh, gig um, for New Year's Eve, it's three hundred and seventy-five dollars per person, all inclusive, to see to see my band, which is a lot for you know. What if we are playing Home for the Deaf? <laughs> Ed Blind, obviously. <laughs> Congratulations! That was my biggest paying gig ever was on new year's eve mike says you can sit with him uh mike chavala right. says you can i'll sit on his lap i played a mob party on new year's eve in boston and i got forty five thousand dollars wow and man. i showed up and there were like 10 or 12 big round tables <clears throat> with people sporadically sitting there in this big hall with a and there was a like riser, you know what the risers are, like where a chorus stands on. Yeah, it, 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 that was a stage, a riser, and there was a microphonic stand. You, you ever have a wobbly stand? So yeah, every yeah. time you move, it wobbles so that it makes noise. Yeah, and the microphone was intermittent. Nobody to introduce me, no place to stand. I had to walk through this tables of mobsters and their gumadas or their wives or what up there and went and talking, but the would keep going out. So it doesn't help to try and a joke. I, I was so freaked out of my tree. It was the longest fucking 40 minutes of my life. And anytime I moved, the thing wobbled and made, it was, it was horrendous, and I well, thought I was gonna—I thought I was gonna get killed. And I walked off, and the guy handed me forty-five thousand dollars in cash and gave me a hug and said, "Thank you so much. What in, a great, great party!" In cash. In wow. cash. That sounds like somebody just needed alibis while somebody's being <laughs> whacked. Yeah, or a money laundering <laughs> thing. And now, I did, and I did not like, and I still don't like to this day the guy that booked me. But that—that that was probably twice. You know, I don't think I ever made half that much ever, even at the height of Stern show. You know, you never uh, you're the only comedian I ever saw who never takes the mic off the mic stand to begin with. I mean, you it pretty much it, you never even take it out of the holder. Almost. No, I don't. You know, once in a blue moon, I'll do a show and the guy will hand me a wireless mic. And I'm like <clears throat> and the contract in big, bold letters, because I, you know, I work around it. Right. Know? Like, you like walk away scary. from it. You like the mic stand will be in the center of the stage, and you will walk to the side of the stage sometimes and talk and just shout at right. the audience and yell. Right? You know, it's that's just how I do it. Right. You know? But I've never seen anybody do that ever before. Uh, I, I'm only I I notice these things. So Anthony Jeselnik, he holds his mic down here, and he never like lifts it up to his mouth. He's always, and I'm just thinking when when I see the see this on video, like it comes. The audio is good on the video, but I'm thinking in the club it's got to suck for somebody like me when somebody's got a microphone all the way down here and I'm like struggling to hear them and all that stuff. Uh, 
comedy clubs don't pay enough attention to all all people's hearing problems. I swear, I go up, I go up there, and the microphone cord will be all twisted around and all crazy, and it'll be the wrong size holder for the SM58, so it goes in too far, and I'll come back to the same club six months later, and it'll be nobody has ever straightened out the wire. Nobody has ever bothered. <laughs> I have my own stand and and microphone and cord. It's always in the car, and I'm always like, you know, fuck it. If they don't care, I don't care, you know. But that, that's all you got on stage is right, the mic yeah. stand and the mic and the wire and the sound system. That's all we got to work with, and they, and they don't, you know, and they don't bother. You know, it just makes me... You, know, right. you can't let's, let it. You can't let it make you crazy because it just does. Let's talk about Pottstown, Pennsylvania, because you're going to be there in January uh, at Soul Joe's. Now, is there another Soul Joe's that I'm confused? Like one in Staten no, Island? No, this guy. This guy. This guy. Uh, I think he might have started on. He's done a few places, but I, <clears throat> I finally worked for him a couple months ago, and it's in really in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you go to nowhere and turn right and then keep going. <clears throat> But the audience was fantastic, and it was almost sold out. And now, and that was like a Thursday or Friday. So I know this. He thinks we'll probably sell out two shows. And I'm with my friend Rich Harkaway, and it's in the middle of nowhere. And you don't think anybody's going to show up. And they not only showed up, but they were the. You know, it's not often that you say, "Wow, what a great audience!" You know, because all audiences are kind of they're usually pretty good, and I always enjoy myself. But they were, you know, that was one of those audiences where I'm going, Jesus Christ, I should have taped this. Jesus Christ, I should have taped this. You know, I haven't put out an album in 12 years, you know. And, right. uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm too lazy. But they, they are so good. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I never look forward to anything. And January, I mean, it's all, January it's like 20th, Saturday night. Yeah. Three hours. It's four, it might be four. I don't know. It's really. Tough. I don't know why I thought there was a Soul Joel's in Staten Island. Um, I'm, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there okay. was. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, what I wanted to ask you is how far how far in advance do you book? Like, do you have uh, stuff that's going on in the springtime and summertime already booked? No, no, no. I I have nothing. I remember Joan Rivers, who used to freak out because there was nothing but white on her calendar. But yeah. then it, it fills in. You know, uh, who was booking me? Oh, uh, Tom was booking a uh, a show. They wanted me. They want me to do a screening at the um, at the Long Island Music Hall of Fame, and I said fine. And he found a date, and I said that's fine. <clears throat> I have nothing in my whole book, and no dates. And then I look. And it's of course it's not in my list of gigs. My my cousin's daughter's getting married. The one date in the whole goddamn year is <laughs> is April thirteenth. I'm like, what are the odds? And I had to call him up because we went bounce all around looking for a date. Then all of a sudden, all right, we got a date. We got a date. We don't got a date. You know, it's just... well, yeah. Wow, that's weird. I mean, can't they just get married another day? Jesus, yeah, I got that, a show to do irresponsible on my part i take full full blame uh the reason i'm asking is because uh i need to lend some credibility to a, a showcase for people that i want i want them to try to produce and i i thought maybe you might consider hosting it hosting <laughs> what uh, uh it's a, a com young comedian show on or up-and-coming comedian show not necessarily all that young i i owe 
you I'll do anything you want. I mean, those things are such a waste of time, but I'll be glad to do it. Well, it would be, it'd probably be at McGuire's or something like that. Some uh, clubs that you're, uh, club no, you're familiar I, I'll with. I'll do you. anything. I don't care. You know, I, I hosted, uh, what did I host? I hosted something at Gotham that was real. Oh, you know what I hosted? Tom and Jegno's, uh, I don't know what it's up and coming comedians or whatever. It was like an Omnipop, uh, thing where right. they, everybody goes up and, and, and demonstrates their wares but it was a gotham it was great fun you know you, know, <laughs> you got something to say gd i was gonna i was gonna i i was just reluctant to ask but i'm gonna ask anyway uh jackie that the show that you're doing in pottstown pennsylvania that's like a hop skip and a long jump for me so um can you cut me some tickets or some minutes yeah sure sure uh three quarter price <laughs> Three quarter. You know, maybe what I always tell people, you know, Scott the engineer was so bent out of shape. He, uh, two years ago, three years ago, he, he said, I'm in Florida now. Will you will you comp me? And I said, no. I said, I don't comp anybody because half of New York lives in Florida now. I got relatives down there. And the club owners are not, they're not doing well. You know, nobody's going out to comedy. It's really tough for them. And they pay you a lot of money. I'm not going to go in the fucking club owner's pocket and say, comp this guy, comp that guy. You know, my cousin, my favorite cousin, I'm staying at his house. He bought a ticket. You know, that's just that's just the name of the game. You know, well, but, you I, know, I'm but just gonna... I, of course, a black person asks for a favor. I can't say no to a black guy. Yes. You know? <laughs> He's not really you know? black. First of all, uh, but I, well, I, ha I have a different opinion on that. I think that. Because uh, I know governors, and I'm just going to get one right now, an email from, and we have to say goodbye to governors, by the way. But the day of the show, uh, especially the day of the show, if there's no advance tickets, they want to fill those seats. And the people are going to buy the two-drink minimum, buy a meal, whatever. It's actually putting money in the club owners' pockets if, if they're not going to sell those tickets anyway. So I look at it as that way. But, like, governors, tonight, uh, tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow night, uh, Victor, but the, the, the Dibetetto is at uh, Levittown. Uh, and if that's not sold out, and I'm sure it probably isn't, I'm going to get a thing from Governor saying, there's still free seats available for tonight and because they want people in to buy drinks and food. I mean, and if I've ever been comped, I, always, I go out of my way to spend more on drinks and food. It's not about necessarily paying for the ticket. It's just to feel like, hey, I'm a VIP. I got it for free. Now I'm <laughs> now right, spending gotta... $300 on just me. Right. You got to tip the waitress like uh, half your salary. You right, know? yeah. And you know what? Last time when I came to see you, I accidentally, I didn't realize I did this. I, I tipped the waitress $150. What? <laughs> how, did, how did you do that? Uh, I fucking, I wrote it on the, on the, I think, I thought I was, that was the total but I guess I put that in the tip field. I didn't see it until it was on my card like a week and a half later. $150 was, was the total for what? Uh, well, I tell you, I because, you know, I'm sitting there by myself. I want to feel like a VIP. I'm ordering uh, big plates of stuff that I'm not eating. Like, I'm just taking you a taste. Of... Bought a, you could have bought an interest in the club for $150. <laughs> <laughs> you know, live in course, I'll, I'll get you some tickets. And just bring me a girl. Yeah, and don't and don't wear those fucking. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any friends, and that's the only shirt he has, by the way. 
Uh, so. No, I have four versions of this shirt. <laughs> but it's the only shirt you have. Yeah. yeah. He's going to pull me aside and say, Jackie, there's a black guy here. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, really. go and heckle him. And Oh, did I say goodbye to Gov? No, I got to say goodbye to Gov. Well, at least it didn't have to be on the show. I'd hate to even have you say, no, you can't have a black guy on the show. Oh, well, hell true. no. Hell no. See? God, no, I don't that. think he's, he's ever had a black guy on the show. Uh, even on Stand Up Memories. Now, Stand Up Memories, are you, are you uh, still taping or you're uh, on hiatus yeah, right now? We had, what's his name on? Uh, I've known him for 40 years. What's his I name? Rec- uh, it's so funny because he was brand new. So 40 years ago, I'm like, oh, we got a, this new black comedian. Meanwhile, he's been in it for 40 years. What was his name? Eddie Murphy? Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> No, I forget. Uh, he's a great. StandupMemories.com, and I'll find out. He's a great guy, and I've known him forever. But I can't, you know, I've been, I can't think of the name of the. What was the name of the movie with, uh, with uh, Gregory Peck, where he's defending the black guy that supposedly killed someone? Uh, to kill a. To kill a That is the oddest fucking name for a movie. It's got nothing to do with anything, and I can't remember the. the well, if you read the, the book, it does. But I, you know, who's got that kind of time? I'm too busy talking to you guys. It was Robert Duvall, right? Who, who he was defending in that movie? The, I think Robert Duvall. No, no, but Robert Duvall was in it. Oh, was he the guy who's? No, Robert Duvall might have been the guy who did it. He was defending a black guy. Right, right. Uh, Brad Lowry. Brad Lowry, that's it. He's a great hey. guy. Great guy. Wow, you've had some really cool people on this. By the way, StandUpMemories.com, uh, recent episodes, Rob Letterman, Brad Lowry, Max Dolcelli. Uh, Max Dolcelli was in the van with me, and the first time I met Sam Kennison, it was me and Sam and Max Dolcelli in Jim Palazzo's van in 1979, going to the middle of 1980, in the middle of nowhere in Jersey. That was so exciting. Holy Christ. You know, wow. it, was, it, was, it was Sam's first time. He tells all about it. He ran into Sam in, in L.A. And he said, hey, yeah, Sam, you should try to New York. You'd be great. You could stay with me. And then he said he got a phone call and he said, hey, Max, this is Sam. I'm in Kansas City. He said, oh, well, if you get to New York, let me know. He said, what do you mean? I'm on my way. I'm staying with you. He goes, oh, he said, all right, I've got my brother with me. Oh, and my girlfriend. So Sam Kennison and his brother and his girlfriend came out and stayed with Max for a couple of months. He's good. You should have him on the show. You'd love him. I've had him on the show a couple of times. I, 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 I love Max. Sorry, he told, he told that whole story. I apologize. No, not not that that story. He, he, we didn't even talk about Sam Kennison. I, you know, I'm surprised so many people who I've had on the show uh, have had moments with Sam Kennison and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I didn't know Sam got around or made that many friends or that many people were that close to him. You know Joey Gaynor? Are you, are you familiar with Joey? I only know Joey Gaynor from doing that movie. Oh, I did a movie called Comedy's Dirtiest Dozen with Tim Allen, Chris Rock, Bill Hicks, Otto and George, Joey Gaynor, Stephen Pearl, Tia Vidal, Stephanie Hodge, and Monty somebody. Wow. It was, it, it was Comedy's Dirtiest Dozen, and we got paid very little, but we got our SAG card for doing it, 1990. 
Wow. It's a great, su- great film. Oh, and John Fox. You know who that was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that Joey Gaynor got in that mix. I mean, and good for him. Uh, but Joey, Joey had a ton of Sam Kinison stories. I, I he was closer with Sam than I could have imagined. So um, now Sam was on Howard, right? He was on or not? I think he was, right? He was like a regular on Howard. A Channel. real lot, a real lot. Right. Uh, and he basically it was like him and Leslie West because uh, I'm thinking like. I get a lot of comedians on the show, but I want to get more rock stars on and like, you know, but I have a difficult time with the rock, rock and roll people, which you think opposite. I would probably have a, a easier time because comedians generally are, you know, I can't be funny in the morning, but you can always, you can rock and roll anytime or talk about rock and roll. But, uh, so in the early days, a lot of it was how it's uh, on that, on the Howard stuff when you were there, uh, Sam Kinison and Leslie West were like regular, like staples of the program. Like, Oh, absolutely. Um, like once a week. <laughs> very early on, very early on. When we just go in the mornings, uh, Gary came and says, Hey, how is the guy on the phone says he's letting me with? And Howard says, well, put him through. And Howard started talking to him. And I looked over at Fred and I said, this is him. I, and I didn't know Leslie. I didn't ever even saw him talk or anything. But my gut was like, he sounded like a guy from Queens. You know I mean? I saw him once open up for the Rascals and the Vagrants, you know. And he's because he was a huge fan. And, and he, he was such, he's such a frustrated comedian. And he just was a great, great character. And he, he was he was more up Howard's ass than Ralph. I mean, he just loved Howard, you know. Probably the so first did, guy I ever saw in a nightclub, I think probably, because I was like 12, 13. And in those days, 18 was the illegal age. And if you had a piece of cardboard license that had the rough <laughs> description that you could fit, you would get in. And I was like 12 or 13 years. And I got o- UB's OTJs. And uh, Leslie West was the show that night. Blew me away. I mean, totally. Now, is this Mountain or is this Leslie West in the I was just Leslie West. I think, yeah, but I think Corky Lang was with him. Maybe West Bruce and Lang? Yeah. It was Corky and Jack Bruce and Leslie. Yes, that's exactly, yeah, that's who it was. You're right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's how long ago it was. But, I mean, made a real uh, strong impression on me. But that's where I, I, I want to get more of the rock and roll people on. I'm not, not that I'm tired of comedians, but, you know, it would be good to change it up and have, like, uh, not that I haven't had some really good players on. But I, well, you I just got to look at, you know, like, who's coming to Westbury and who's coming. But you, you're talking about the old-time rock guys? Or? Well, anybody. Like, yeah. I mean, Felix Cavallari, I, I was supposed to be having on. I got to reach back to uh, his publicist because she promised me he would be on. Well, him and, he's trying to get people out. To, he's, I think he just put out a book. And he, he's trying to get out there with Gene Cornish. And I don't know. I don't know if they're selling tickets. You know, Gene is not in good shape. You could get Gene on. He's he's fun and funny. But I, I don't know where his health is at. You know, Denny Lane passed away. He, he was actually kind of a friend of mine. I knew him through Toby. You know Denny Lane from Wings? Yeah, yeah. I knew he passed away, but I didn't know that you were – because he, you know, Moody Moody Blues and, and Wings and all that kind of stuff, uh, they just did a tribute to him. And Puddles, Puddles the Pity Party Clown. You know Puddles? No. <laughs> Puddles is this guy. He's six foot nine. He dresses in a cat, uh, clown outfit. Great, 
singer. He's got like a strong operatic voice, but he goes out and does like covers. Of, he does like Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison into uh, Pinball Wizard seamlessly. Uh, but and dressed in a clown outfit, like a, a, a crying clown. I have never heard of this character. Where is he? Uh, he's all over. He's nationwide now. He's, he, he, you know, he's playing major theaters and all this kind of stuff. Puddles the pit, pit, pity party. Uh, but uh, so all because he just had a Denny Lang benefit. I just saw a ben. I like what? Like, did they need money to bury Denny Lane? Like, it, was he? I heard McCartney really abused him financially, but I, I, I'm surprised. That I, I don't know. You know, <clears throat> the, the McCartney-Denny Lane thing was like the Jackie Howard Stern thing. I don't know how well he took care of him or didn't take care of him. And I don't know. Uh, you know, I know Denny drank a real lot, so he might have made some mistakes. Who knows? You know. Yeah. But he, but now, how did you become Toby. friends with him? on Through <clears throat> Howard? To, no, Toby, uh, my friend Toby uh, booked a thing called uh, a walk down Abbey Road, and then he booked the Hippie Fest, and then he 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 booked these different shows that were combinations. Like when, when he did a walk down Abbey Road, it was Jack Bruce, Todd Rundgren, <clears throat> Mark Farner, um, Alan... Uh, what's his name that was one of the Beatles engineers that wound up having some. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And Chris McCross, he would book all these different guys. <clears throat> and what they do is they play a Beatles song and then play their hit. And the next guy would do a Beatles song and play the hit. And then two of them might do a Beatles song together. It was a great show. And then they did the hippie fest. And I actually hosted, you know, emceed a couple of them where they had Mitch Ryder, uh, Melanie, the zombies, Felix Cavalieri, uh, uh, Leslie. I mean, he did a lot of shows and he wound up working with Denny um, and booking him here and there. And uh, we actually went out on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, me and Toby. And and well, it was more than a couple of years ago because it was Emily. You know, I'm saying a couple of years ago. It was probably 10 years ago. Right. So, I do it all the time. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. But he was a really, really nice guy and really fun. You know, we went to dinner a whole bunch of times. You know. Very cool. We gotta say goodbye to PBM TV. PBM TV uh, still have not gotten any comedians from uh, uh, PBM TV, and now it's mostly musicians. So I would think some of those people would want to get on the show to promote their uh, work, but hey, maybe not. Anyway, bye, team PBM TV. We'll see you Monday. I don't now, know what when... about do you ever do you ever like contact the cutting room and say who do you got coming up? I gotta, I gotta start doing that. I mean, I know. Listen, I'm a one man operation here, but I, I'm not well, making know, excuses. Do you, know Steve, do you know Steve Walter from the Cutting Room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to, uh, we used to do shows there when uh, I was a part of a production company doing. We videotape some of the shows that happened there. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I know I gotta hustle more. That's that's my problem. Is I like only limited hours in a day, and I'm very. Uh, very scattered, scatterbrained um, on, on doing that stuff. I know I could, I I complain about not getting these rock stars on. Uh, Mark Farner, I've had on like five times now. Um, you know, ran, you now, run do, you remember, do, you, do you remember a band called Rat Race Choir? Yeah, of course. Rum Runners, Long- nice to be. Right, Steve Longo would come on anytime. He's down, he has his own show down in Florida. So I'm sure he'd do a you know a tit for tat thing with you, and he's great. He's got great stories. He's a good wow. guy. 
Yeah, and he's yeah. still playing. He's out there with everybody. And you know who's great is Henry Gross. You know who that is? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you had him on? No, I haven't. I, I, I will reach out to him, though. That's a, that's a oh, good yeah, one. No, he's a good friend. He just did a show the other night with, like, Peter Noon and uh, Bowser. He was he was in... How old Henry, are those fucking guys? Henry Gross was in Shanana, and Bowser was in Shanana, but they right. weren't in Shanana at the same time. It's weird. No, no. No, him and Bowser were, but him and another guy did, were in the show the other night. Bowser couldn't because he was sick. So Henry did the Shanana show with another guy, and they weren't, they weren't in Shanana at the same time ever. <laughs> you know, Bowser, Bowser was always you know, the main guy, you know. Bowser <laughs> was the most famous one when Shanana had their television show in the 70s. He was, right. he was like the face of that. Well, I'm always... sure Henry Gross could get, have you ever had him? No. I'm sure you could get him. You know, you know who co-hosted one of the hippie shows with me, the Hippie Fest? I co-hosted the show with Wavy Gravy. Oh, man. <laughs> I, What's I, that, Wavy he, Gravy? He can't, he can't still be alive, but he might be. You never know, you know. Yeah. You know, I, Melanie, Melanie's still you alive. Hear, you hear that somebody died, and you go, what do you mean he died? He's still alive? You know. <laughs> yeah. You know what? On that note, and I know it's it getting time to wrap this up, Al Michaels uh, just got let go from NBC Sports, and I was shocked to find out Al Michaels is still alive. Al Michaels, was, it seemed like he was an old man when I was a kid. Now I'm an old man. How the fuck could he still be alive at work? <laughs> he used to be on the Stern Show, and he, he looked... 35 you know and he right. uh, that was the some of the funniest stuff in the world because billy west did such a dead-on impression and al michaels would be sitting there and we'd write shit for billy to say as al and al be yelling that's not me and be billy be yelling yes it is oh god it was <laughs> priceless and he was he remained friends with oj for so long way longer than he should have and like it was like, Al, what are you doing? Finally, he was like, you know what? Maybe he did it, you know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe he did it. If I did it. Why don't anyway, you get OJ on? You can get OJ on. I tried. I actually, I've, I've been talking to him a couple of times. I like DMing and private messaging him, asking him to come on. I think he probably heard me. Uh, like, because, you know, I was a big Norm Did I ever tell you this woman came up to me? I think I was Christmas shopping. I don't know, but this woman comes up and says, Hello, Jackie. Oh, I'm excited to meet you. Do you know who my son is? My son is the guy who called the Stern Show and pretended he was watching OJ. And he said, I'm crouching. I'm crouching. I see OJ. I see the OJ. Do you remember? It was such a great phony phone call, but she's talking about it like the kid was president. His claim to fame is he called the Sergio one day. I see, I see OJ, and he's crouching. It was a, it was a very famous call. Was, I, I know. I, I wasn't a uh, once. Uh, K Rock happened. I, I rarely listened to Stern. I oh, mean, oh, I, oh, all right. I, I, I was. I couldn't remember. I, couldn't I was an remember. NBC guy. AM. <laughs> Uh, uh, and you know, it, it wasn't that it was really that I, uh, I stopped driving as much, uh, one uh, right, right around the time that he went to FM. It sounded gotcha. way different. I remember that. 
that wow, Stern doesn't because when he people forget, uh, you know, Howard Stern started like a Groucho looking, uh, weird Al Yankovic looking geeky guy before he had the long hair and stuff. But and when he was on NBC, he always sounded like that. And then when he went to FM, all of a sudden he was like Scott Muni or something. Like you know, yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. Um, uh, I'm gonna find you this. Uh oh, this this dead air being brought to you by Jackie Looking for Stuff. Jackie Looking for Stuff. Right now, uh, you can order Jackie Looking for Stuff and get it in time for Christmas uh, at one eight hundred Jackie Looking. No, for I, stuff. I have classic old pictures. Uh, Which sound, I just laughed. Pictures, the pictures sound great, don't they? Sound those pictures sound great. This, <laughs> this laughter is brought to you by GD Fenderson laughing at his own jokes. GD Fenderson laughing at his own jokes. Order now, and you can get it in time for Christmas. And it sounds just like that. See, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Good stuff. Oh, Jack, you just sent me an attachment. Yeah, you called me a queer again. Oh, uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that picture. Yeah, no, that's the goofy-looking Howard that people, you know, that's the one I remember when he was on Letterman looking like the Vlasic Pickle Groucho Marx uh, type of guy. <laughs> the Vlasic Pickle. Vlasic Jesus. Pickle. Yeah. I don't know. I, nobody remembers the Vlasic uh, Pickle stork that was like half Groucho. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. I can't even share this stuff, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you could. I forget. Oh no, I could. I could, right? Uh, wait. I don't want to share all that, though. Right? Yeah. So, uh, uh really, uh, this dead air is brought to you by me. By me looking to share video Vimeo.com. 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 Yeah, that is in the description. Let me just show, share this picture really quick if I can. Share screen, uh, select window, radio, stern, allow. There it is. Yeah, that's the Howard Stern, Vlasic Pickle, Groucho Marx, geeky-looking Howard Stern before he got the REO Speedwagon dark sunglasses. Uh, and, that's, and that's actually a newer picture because when I first met him, he had the actual Jufro. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, reminiscing about 1980s radio now. Uh, anyway, Jackie, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Soul Joe, mark it on your calendar, uh, January 20th, Saturday, January 20th, uh, 7 p.m. in Pottstown, PA. And also, uh, <clears throat> lately, and I don't know why, all of a sudden, but people are saying, I, I was at the Peter Bales's graduation. You know, he has his stand-up comedy university. And he has graduations every 10 weeks or so. And I went to uh, the brokerage to see the graduation. And it doesn't usually happen, but like five or five or seven different people came up to me and said, man, I can't believe that dial joke still works. And I don't, it must have been posted somewhere by somebody, but 516-922-WINE still has dirty jokes 43 years later. I've been and meaning just, to call that whenever I have the phone lines hooked up here today. I didn't have it uh, hooked up today, but I've been meaning to call those when when I do have the phone line hooked up, just to get a daily dose of the joke line. I was trying to remind my brother of what he was like, Jackie Martling. I know that name. I said, Yeah, you know, you you remember the joke line. My brother's older than me, but he was the one who turned me on to the joke line originally. I think sort of like listed in Good Times magazine or something. Well, what's this you know, all about? It, 
it, it was advertised in Newsday every week for all the years I had governors. Wow. Nine two two one is how I got the gig. You know, they wow. wanted to start a comedy club, and somebody said, "Why don't we get the guy with the dirty joke line?" So they called me. And you that know? led, that led to well, eventually. Well, Howard heard your albums, but I mean, that, basically, all your success in, in in comedy has has really come from that joke line, one way it, or another. It, well, the comedy, the joke line, filled up Cinnamon, and I taped my album at Cinnamon, and then it filled up. You know, yeah, it led. It, it jump-started comedy on Long Island because we had no way of advertising. We're doing shows in, at Cinnamon and Huntington, but we had no money and no way to advertise. You know, we yeah. couldn't put it in good times because we had nothing to advertise yet, you know. Right. And all of a sudden, I, I put it on, put the joke line on, and it went through the moon, you know. Now, before I let you go, uh, and I, I have a feeling you're probably going to say, I don't know, <clears throat> but so many of these young comedians are just like, they they're... they're blowing in the wind as far as their career and do you have any advice for like hooking up with like a booking agent manager <clears throat> omnipop any of that kind of stuff is is there any secret uh <laughs> the, the secret is the secret is to put together x amount of time you know a, a, a videotape of you on stage being funny with the audience laughing you know, it's 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 as old as time itself. You know, you can call up all day saying, I'm a comic. I want to get booked. Send me a tape. You know, that's that's what they've been saying since, you know, Dorothy L'Amour. Send me a tape. You know, go. <clears throat> I always tell people, you know, people come up. I say, listen, go up on stage and tell some stories or some jokes. And if something la gets a laugh, keep it in. If it doesn't get a laugh, take it out. And do that until you got 10 minutes of people laughing at stuff. And then you have the videotape and send it in or bring right. it in, even if it's just an audio tape. To a booking agent or like a, you know, <clears throat> a company like Omnipop or something like that. Yeah, but or... you just got to approach them. You know, they're not, in, you know, you're not going to get into, you know, William Morris. But, right. you know, you call these agencies and they're always looking for the next funny person. There's it's so many a... people out there that, you know, they get you know, 200,000 people watching their TikToks. So they get hired and they go in and they don't get a laugh. They don't. Right. And, and, the, and the club owners yell at me. I'm like, you're the one hiring them sight unseen. The guy's like, I got 200,000 listeners. All right, send me some, send me some proof of you being funny other than a 20 second TikTok, you know? Yeah. Uh, it just, it baffles me. My mind is just thinking about how many of these guys are out there just trying to book themselves and wondering why nothing's happening and all this stuff. And I, well, you know what? I've stopped booking myself 40 years ago. I don't, you know, it, basically other people handle that. And you got, you got to do the work. You got to do the work to get some traction. Yeah. You know, you got to do it. You know, I, everybody was going to Manhattan you know, I mean, the people, the guys in Manhattan were going to catch a rising star and comic strip and doing their time and doing their seven minutes and getting a hamburger. I was on Long Island. I was putting up shows. You know, I was spanky. You know, I got my amplifier, my speakers and a microphone. Hire me, you know, give me $250. I'll put on a show and I would bring a couple comedians and I'd pay them and I'd keep the balance. So I, I created my own space because I was just telling these stupid old jokes and I, it's not going to get me on Johnny Carson, but I love doing it. And, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta hustle. So I hustled and hustled and, and made albums. And then I stumbled onto Howard. And right. people say, they, you know, they say to me, 
you know, you ever wonder what would have happened to you if you hadn't run to Howard? And I say, you ever wonder what would have happened to Howard if he hadn't run into me? <laughs> and I'm really serious. He was not funny, man. I, uh, I, he, I totally get that. And uh, I'm trying. He was funny, but he wasn't Howard Stern, the God funny. Right. You know, he'd say something funny or he'd be outrageous. But it wasn't the kind of thing where people would have sat in the car and waited to go through the Midtown Tunnel to see what he's going to say next. There's a mythology about Howard and who he is, and uh, I don't want to get because it sounds like I'm bashing him, and I'm not. But the, people have built up the – I know he had support. Uh, I don't think he was a, a great interviewer. And Anthony Cumia, your friend, will, did a whole long piece on people have this image of Howard as a great interviewer. Really, he says, "Is that right?" And on so you started with the guitar, huh? Like, like he's not really a great <clears throat> interviewer. It's just people. Once you that gets into the ether, people repeat it enough. People think that, but it, it's really just you get it's, great people to interview. You got Paul McCartney. You got Billy Joel. You know, how, how are you going to do a bad interview? Right. You know, Paul Simon, what you do is let him talk. Right. Let him talk. You know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's fantastic to get to the point where you get those people on the show. But they know that X amount of billions, they're going to do 15 rounds with the with the champ to get it to get word out there. If they got a, you know, a book or a, or a CD or what, I don't care who you are. If you're Paul Simon, you still want to get stuff out there. Right. You know, there's a certain amount of people that always want to do Howard because they wanted to meet him. You know, like Schwarzenegger loved him and, and Joan Rivers, you know, they wanted to get on there to find out what he was all about. But that was, you know, way, way long ago. You know, I, I don't know. I really don't know the answers. But, you know, yeah, he yeah. became more than the sum of his parts. You know what I mean? Right. And this mythology uh, becomes true after a while, you know. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing because I don't, I don't, uh, take away from any i think he deserved all the success he's had in the world but uh i think that you know he his his legend is bigger than the truth about who he is but but they always are you know yeah. they that that will always happen and then thank not God, with gd I, it will never happen with gd uh, no, well look at his fucking hair I know. Well, we could cover up his hair. Look, we could do this to him. Hold on. Uh, I just want to do this once before we say goodbye. TD, uh, hit it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> what you idiot. <laughs> no, I just like to have him say, wait a wait, wait a minute. Uh, anyway, thanks for being here. I got to go set up a studio in Riverhead, so I got to run. Uh, Dial thank you guys. 516-922-9463. Dial. And, and January 20th, uh, it's old Joe's, Potsdam, PA. Put it on your, on your calendar now. Seriously, see if you can find out anything about my Stratocaster. I, I, got, I got some of the searches already queued up for me for when I get back. Thanks for being here. I got to run. Uh, All right, see, you guys. See, I'll see you later. See, see you guys. Bye. Uh, GD, bye for now. All right. See you All Sunday. Right. All right. I'm getting out. I'm getting out. Uh, I got to run. I got to get to Riverhead. I got. Uh, I'm on short time, so I got to like hit the gas. Uh, you guys stop by Monday. I don't. I'm not even sure who the guest is Monday. Uh, but for now, I just want to tell you thanks for being here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. And don't forget to turn on your radio. Bye for now.
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.